Good morning, everyone. It is uh, seven minutes after the hour of 8 a.m. It's Saturday. It's March 4th, 2023. Glad to have you along with us. Thanks for listening. Tommy Galhoff, your Saturday morning mayor in the house. Shane Tobin, half man, half amazing, is in Kamloops, Canada. Shane has been advised of his constitutional rights. He has given up the right to remain silent, so we can't be responsible for anything he says or does during this broadcast. That's true, but I do have to be careful as to comments or what I do say because you can be arrested now in Canada. In so. Canada, that's true. Yeah, use the we've wrong had, pronoun. Yeah, use the wrong pronoun. I'm turning you in. So. Well, we had two ministers arrested under some guidance from uh, the uh, prosecutors. So the Crown prosecutors have issued warrants for their arrests. So. Wow. They, huh. yeah, they, they didn't charge them with anything, just arrested them. Um, one one was uh, sent uh, without charges to sit in the jail for 50 days, and the one they arrested this last week, uh, same issue. He's he's in he's in the clinker. They won't bail him, won't charge him, but apparently everyone expects that they'll push him to some cell for 50 days to make the prime minister feel better and more wow. secure. <laughs> yeah, those speech infractions in Canada are. Uh... They're not good. But at least, you know, it's not, it, at least it's not as bad as what, uh, 2006, we're now, or 2000, yeah, 2006, right, or whatever, or, or no, January 6th, 2020, and people that have been in solitary confinement for over two years. That's, yeah. That's, that's bad. That's, and, not, uh, and not charged. And not, not charged. charged either, yeah. Yeah. Well. So don't pick on us. Okay. You've got a bigger problem when we do. <laughs> We've got to give a big shout out to Tricia Bidford, the Lady Cats coach, coach of the year. Thank you very much, uh, Tricia Bidford. Uh, congratulations to you. Also, I need to uh, mention it's National Grammar Day, Shane. So that's why we write and talk good. So, or try and talk better. Yeah. <laughs> National Hug a GI Day, too, Shane. So if you got a GI in your family or friendship uh, circle, uh, give them a hug today. It's Hug a GI Day. National. I don't get day. it. You know, there's a National Women's Day. Where's the National Men's Day? Well, um, I I don't know, Shane. Uh, it's probably oh, some pro- oh, it's a pronoun it's thing. It, no, it's a, it's a National Men's Day every day, right? Well, yeah, I guess it is. <laughs> Must be. I don't yeah. know, man. So... Anyway, coming up at the 9 o'clock hour, I'll be giving 10 more Trump actions you didn't know about. And I'll also, uh, in the 10 o'clock hour, Scott Sales and uh, Steve White will join us uh, to talk about what's going on in the legislature. Yesterday was the halfway point. So we're going to talk about uh, transgender bills, uh, school choice bills, the governor's going to give some money back from the surplus, uh, property tax relief, and things like that. We'll be talking about all of that coming up this morning. So the uh, big news, I guess, Shane, um, going on right now is um, the Supreme Court has decided to take on uh, the high-stakes uh, student debt clash. And uh, they convened on Tuesday to hear oral arguments uh, to see whether the Biden administration can forgive billions of dollars in student debt, thousands of borrowers don't plan to go quietly. What do you? We talked about this in our podcast on uh, Tuesday or Thursday. I forget which one, but anyway, we covered it. 
What do you think? Yeah, so the, the Supreme Court is deciding a matter of law <laughs> and not policy. Uh, they're, they're deciding whether the president of the United States has a right to cancel debt of the United States without congressional approval. When I say cancel debt, well, this is a debt. Your government owns it. 97% of the $1.7 trillion in student loans is held by your government. They acquired it from all the banks in some legislation over the last 30 years. Banks stopped lending back in 2007 because of Pell Grants. And uh, this, they continue to lend money out in this matter, your government. Um, and that debt increases 19% every year because that's how much more money they lend out under the uh, different uh, opportunities that exist, that exist for people wanting to get a higher education to go to your government and uh, ask for uh, you know, financial support. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the uh, Pell Grants, by the way, for the people who aren't familiar with those, that's payment in lieu of taxes is what a Pell Grant is. And, yeah, Congressman uh, Pell from Kansas uh, created it. Uh, and uh, it, it was the first step for the U.S. to take over uh, lending. Right. Uh, the banks stopped basically in 2006, six seven uh, because people weren't paying them back. So they just stopped issuing them. So, uh -huh. as I said, 92% uh, of the debt, or 90, yeah, 92% of the, uh, of this debt is uh, the government's about seven percent, seven to eight percent is banks, and then of course the rest are other institutions or parents that lend money to their children. That's right. Yeah. Well, the Supreme Court decision. One of the things they've got to find out is uh, do the states that are bringing this. I think there's five states that are bringing yes. this against uh, the. Uh, uh, the government, and uh, as to whether or not those states actually have standing to bring this lawsuit. And that's uh, that's one of the bones of contention that they have. And, and that's a big one because yeah, this could is. lead to a major precedent under your, you know, uh, mm -hmm. 14th right. Mm, 14th Amendment, yeah. Yeah, so. states' rights. Mm -hmm. it's, scary. Yeah. it's a scary decision, but I, I, I think that the scholars anticipate a majority of of conservative yeah. judges, you know, which there are six on your court, mm -hmm. will vote unanimously against this. So, we'll yeah, I, uh, I, I think you're right. Uh, uh, Coney Barrett has sided a little bit with the uh, liberal side on this uh, to go along with it, but she's the only one, and I don't know that she's been convinced one way or the other at the moment. But um, that's right. She's gonna. So the way the, the way this works, so they, they listen arguments on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. uh, they had Wednesday and Thursday to think about it. Then they meet on Friday, all mm -hmm. seven of them, to discuss the following calendar week. There's nine. And nine of them. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. But they wait two days mm -hmm. of the nine. There's six concerns. So on Fridays, every Friday, they sit down for a couple, several hours in their big room. And uh, they discuss the forward calendar for the week. And then they discuss mm -hmm. special matters that have been brought before them. Then they vote on what they've heard that week, uh, mm -hmm. if they've heard cases, and then they vote, or, or the, and then the chief justice picks a justice for the minority vote to write a decision, and he picks a justice to pick the majority, uh, yeah, you know, reply mm -hmm. to yeah. the decision. And of course, none of these come out until you know next summer, or before the end mm -hmm. of the term yeah. in August. Well, they come out in uh, yeah. They come out usually in June, uh, in yeah, May first of yeah. June, and uh, if they make a decision uh, before June thirtieth, I believe uh, the 
the pause in payments uh, of uh, student loans uh, are 60 days after that. Uh, I'm not sure why the pause is going this long. I mean, everybody should be back to work. Things are pretty much semi back to normal at least. So, well, yeah, it's interesting the process in a protocol that the Supreme Court has because if special cases are brought before a justice, Mm -hmm. uh, because each justice represents a specific district, federal district in the U.S. And so if someone brings them a special situation or a special case that they appeal it right past all the appeal it courts to right to the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. that they they may um, if they decide to look at it, they'll look at it right away and very often make a decision right away and announce it. So, I mean, if, you know, like there, there's been some cases, not many, but some cases where that's happened. Well, yeah, that's that's certainly true. So. So you can skip the seven years and $25 million to get there. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Might as well, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, uh, these, uh, yeah, the Supreme Court thing, uh, one of the, well, there's several things uh, they're, they're going to look at. Uh, uh, did, uh, did Congress speak clearly enough to give authority to forgive the debts? Uh, challengers will argue Congress did not speak clearly enough in the um, Higher Education Relief Opportunities for Students or the HEROES Act, of course. <laughs> Who would? How can you accuse Congress of being vague, Shane, in, their, in yeah, any yeah. of their conversations? I don't know. They're... Well, the well, Biden... It, it, it's, it's one of these things you look at and, and you go, well, it doesn't really make sense. Because there is um, several government, which we discussed. You should go listen to our Thursday. It was a great conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone says, we should have a conversation about this. Well, we did. Yeah, we and did. We covered mm-hmm. it all, baby. So it, it's, it, it's, in the, it's in our library. You should, you mm-hmm. should go check it out. Yeah. But, you know, the, the, the interesting aspect of this is, is that uh, there's so many provisions over the last 30 years that the, the Congress, you know, both on bipartisan legislation, have set up to help students. And in doing so, there's been this great opportunity for them. Um, like m- most of these debts are anywhere from twenty-five dollars to $35,000. Um, they're undergraduate and graduate debt. And uh, they get 120 months, you know, uh, 10 years to pay it back. And then they can ask for the balance to be forgiven. I mean, they can do that already. Mm-hmm. But they they, sh- they have to show a propensity to pay. And I suggest that if they're going to show a propensity to pay, then uh, Freddie May and Freddie Mac, two government loan agencies, been lending money to uh, underprivileged people, you know, for 50 years. Um, you know, let them go negotiate a loan with them to buy a home, get some, you know, money in the game, and roll their debt into it and... I mean, this is 5% of your debt. So, you know, like John F. Kennedy said, don't ask what your government can do for you. Ask what you can do for your government. Yeah. Pay your debt. Yeah. It's 5% <laughs> of your national debt, $1.7 billion. That, There you go. Everybody should pony up and write a little extra chat. Uh, uh, let's right. get a little extra dough on April uh, 15th. Uh, That's right. Yeah. Well, actually, it'll be April 18th this year uh, as tax day because— 
Fifteenth falls on a Saturday, and I believe uh, there's a uh, Washington D.C. holiday on Monday. So, eighteenth right. is your is your Easter is the ninth. Uh, <laughs> that would be Sunday, then. that would be it. Let's take some phone calls. Four zero six five two two talk is the number. Four zero six five two two eight two five five. Caller, you're on with Tom and Shane. What's up? Well, what's up? And good morning, Tom and Shane. I'm telling you, it was a gloomy morning here in Ground Up. <laughs> Right now, the sun's coming out, and we have glorious blue skies. So I think that's a good omen, don't you? That is a good thing. And, hey, I got your email, Nancy, uh, for about running for office. I think you should definitely run for state office. Uh, you get my support. We'll be happy to support you any way we can. Uh, that's wonderful news. I, I am so humbled by my uh, fellow Americans thinking that they would put their faith into me. I get very emotional about our country, and uh, I can't believe that they would trust me, but uh, I have until May to decide, mm-hmm. and uh, if I decide, I will, of course, contact you, but uh, of course, I want to thank every, I want to thank all of you who think that I could mm-hmm. really improve our lives and, and whatever. That means a lot to me. Well, we're but, happy to uh, happy to do it. I was glad to hear from you. So, <laughs> well, thank you, thank you, Tom. Sure. And uh, there's a couple of things I want to touch down on today. Sure. And um, Signal Peak Mine had a terrible accident a couple of days ago. There were mm-hmm. two miners uh, that were uh, crushed uh, by falling rock. And uh, the one miner here in Signal Peak Mine, which is 17 miles south of Roundup, uh, he's crushed from his pelvis down. Mm. And the other uh, young miner, uh, he um, uh, had rock fall on his legs and feet, and uh, his steel-toed boots cut his foot almost off. And other miners had to cut his the rest of it off with their knife. And he was uh, awake all this time and in tremendous pain uh, in order to get him out. And um, the reason I'm telling you uh, this story is because I just read this week where Biden has been spending $360,000 a day on um, cell phones for illegal immigrants. And these are the kind of men, the men that were just in this accident here in Roundup, Montana, at Signal Peak Mine, who pay taxes for these cell phones and this, this free housing and everything else. These SOBs are getting that cross our border. And uh, I just want everybody to remember this and to imagine what it would have been like to be, be in this hole down in Signal Peak Mine and having tons of rock fall on you. And, uh, my God, I, I just can't imagine, you know, I, uh, I'm just horrified. Uh, the two men, like I said, they did get out, but they're both uh, disabled now. God knows how long it's going to take for them to uh, recover. And I want you to all keep their, the miners of here in Roundup, Montana, in your prayers, because this is our last uh, underground mine in our state. And the other thing I want to say is that... Um, I listen to a lot of news, obviously, and uh, I was listening to a podcast by the Duran, D-U-R-A-N, and they always have a lot of international journalists, and uh, they were talking about, of course, the United States. I'm going to tell you right now, Americans, 
uh, the rest of the world are very angry with us. They've, uh, we have lost our respect because uh, they feel that we, we, we can't, they can't believe that we're allowing somebody like Joseph Biden in the White House. And um, I, my concern is for Western Europe. Uh, we know the tremendous burden and expense that Ukraine has uh, been put upon our tax dollars. And uh, Western Europe, uh, Scotland, they're really having a tough time. They're actually giving up their uh, pets, their dogs, their cats, because they can no longer feed them. I want to say that Ireland, the European Union, has uh, forced Nigerian immigration onto them, and they're having a tough time. And England especially is feeling the hardships of this new Green Deal. Uh, they're going into uh, residents of uh, the citizens of uh, England are going to uh, libraries to get warm because they can no longer heat their homes. Uh, they are having potato potluck dinners in their communities. Uh, every woman or family makes a potato potluck with a different recipe to share. So potatoes are becoming their staple. Clothing, they are recycling clothing. They are... Um, uh, remodeling it and whatever. They no longer can afford to buy clothing. And my concern here is because these people, Europe is not going to be able to help us uh, with the expenses of this uh, ridiculous uh, Ukraine-Russian uh, uh, proxy war. And so the, I'm, I just fear that the burden is going to be thrust upon us. And um, I don't know, what's your take on all this, Yeah, Tom and Shane? Yeah, well, it's uh, you know, it's it's an issue that uh, I think the last uh, vote I saw, forty nine percent of the people think we shouldn't give anything to Ukraine. Forty seven think we should. So it's kind of a fifty fifty deal, and I it's it's obviously way more political than it is anything else. Uh, we don't want uh, we don't want Putin to have a victory. Uh, so at any cost, uh, regardless of what we think of uh, Zelensky. You know he's not a nice guy. He's a, he's a dictator, uh, but he's the worst. Uh, he's he's not any worse than Putin is. But you know the the enemy of my enemy is my friend. I guess uh, is the way it goes. So unfortunately, that's what we're looking at. So, Shady, you still on the phone? Yes, yes, I am. I'm on the phone. I I just Skype is gone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you have any comments on what Nancy is, was saying, Shane? Well, I, I agree with her. She's explained it perfectly well. Mm -hmm. Good morning, Nancy. Thank you for calling. Yeah. All right. All right. Thank you so much. You have a great weekend. All right. You too. Thanks so much. Okay. Bye. <laughs> All right. We'll try to get, uh, maybe we can get Skype going uh, during the break at the bottom of the hour, Shane. But uh, we still got you on the phone. So, uh, hey, that's a good thing. So, um yeah, the uh, the other thing that we want to talk about coming up, uh, we've got to talk about Lori Lightfoot uh, getting the boot in Chicago. Uh, she was uh, probably the worst mayor in America. I can't imagine anybody worse. Uh, uh, maybe maybe De Blasio in New York would be would be a close runner up. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah she's tough. Well, and also, too, the, the voters are sending Democrats a stern warning on crime. And uh, Biden Biden decided to side with the GOP on a, uh, a D.C. crime bill, Shane. We're going to be talking about that as we come up on the uh, uh, on the next uh, half hour here. So. Excellent. 
lot to talk about. I want to remind you, coming up at 9 o'clock, uh, we'll be uh, doing 10 actions from Donald Trump that you weren't aware of. And we'll also be talking about uh, the uh, legislature in the 10 o'clock hour. Scott Sales and uh, Steve White will join us. And uh, we'll get up to speed on what's going on in the Montana legislature. Yesterday was the halfway point. So uh, we should have some uh, some idea of the bills that are going on there. So we want to talk about that when uh, when that time comes, of course. And um, yeah, in the uh, in the Chicago situation, Shane uh, Lori Lightfoot, uh, uh, boy, uh, she didn't even make the runoff. <laughs> That's nobody, right. Nobody got, got 50, nobody got fifty percent of the vote. And she didn't even get the That's runoff right. from it. So. That uh, that tells you where she is, and she's up there touting, "Oh, we got rid of all these guns off the streets, and you know the city's safer." And uh, I don't know, man. Um, and well, place and place the race card it, too. It, so yeah, well, the history of Chicago is amazing because her, the previous mayor was a junior, you know. Uh, Junior mayor from his dad, who had been mayor for six years, and then daily, yeah, yeah, the daily, junior daily, and daddy daily. So she's the first mayor to they, they say, as they say, who didn't win a second term. Yeah, <laughs> well, both of them termed for life. <laughs> I was going to say, which is almost impossible if you're a Democrat. <laughs> so that's right. <laughs> All right, that's going to wrap it up for this segment. Hey, uh, we've got a lot to talk about, so we'll be back to talk more about a lot of things that's going on around the world and locally as well. So stay tuned. Shane and I will get uh, our act together and be back in uh, very shortly. So don't go away. 27 minutes for the top of the hour. It's Saturday, March 4th, 2023. Don't forget, next weekend is daylight savings time. Uh, spring forward, fall back. Shane Tomlin, half man, half amazing, is on the phone. And um, Shane, we may have two callers. <laughs> Are you there? Um, I'm not trying to dial you up. Okay, there you go. I got you. All right. Can you? <laughs> we'll find out here. There. You got my picture. Yeah, you're there at last. So. There we go. Now we're back. We're live, baby. <laughs> All right. Let's see if we've uh let's see if we can take a phone call. 406-522-talk is the number. Caller, you're on with Tom and Shane. What's going on? Good morning, Tom. This is Jerry. How Jerry. are you, sir? What's going on, Jerry? I was just mentioning, uh, first of all, I'd like to congratulate you for getting through the worst month of your year, February. I know oh, you don't it's like an it. entire month of Monday mornings. <laughs> That's what February well, is. It's always been that well, way. It's horrible. Yeah, you. Yeah, you. Made Sorry, it. that's me. I'll, just... I'll get it turned off as soon as it comes on here. Uh, go ahead. I, I'm. I'm just trying to turn off this sound. I was just mentioning to Shane um, that the stock market in February lost um, about four percent of its value, and he mentioned the fact that February is normally a month for losses in the stock market. The question I also have is: Do you think there's going to be additional? Um, loss. I know it kind of rebounded uh, this past week, but I was just curious to know is what's your prediction for how it's going to progress as the, um, you know, the unemployment people are getting laid mm -hmm. off. Um, it's just, it's just not stable in my opinion. Yeah. What do you think, Shane? 
Uh, it'll get worse. Um, the markets will continue to drop. Uh, the Fed rate will go to 8% by, by June, and the market will drop uh, at least 30% more. I mean, all the exchanges, the New York, uh, the Standard & Poor's, and NASDAQ, they'll all be down. Every, all the stocks are trading cheap, um, but are, you know, yeah, are in, in, they're trading at a discount, there, but everything will be cheap by then. I, my, I've made the call on uh, um, Google. It's, you know, I said 75, which is where it'll add. And uh, Amazon, I said, uh, you know, 50 to 75. And, you know, both of them are under $100 and will go lower. Well, I'm not as I'm not as bearish as uh, Shane is. I don't think we're going to get anywhere near eight uh, percent. That's the, what I that's what I yeah. was going to say. Also, yeah. Tom, I don't think I, I eight maybe six six and a half. Yeah, that would that would be the high, and I'm I'm not even sure it would go that high. But um, that's right. that's just my thought on it. But right, what do I, I know? Also huh? mentioned, <laughs> yeah, but, and what do I know? That's why I call you guys. Um, I was yeah. I was also mentioning to Shane. Um, in addition to um, this mayoral race in Chicago, why there were no Republicans um, up for a you know uh, running for mayor. The the two people that finished first and second was, I think it was a police commissioner yeah. um, or something. Yeah, he was former police commissioner, I think. Yeah. yeah, and then a board of education um, or mm -hmm. someone, someone in the education department throughout the state. Yeah. Uh, but I just couldn't figure out why there's no Republicans running for mayor. And Shane mentioned that there's probably no Republicans left in the city. Which I, I don't think there are. I, I don't. I'm pretty sure there's no Republicans <laughs> left in in Chicago. So uh, mm, they offset the Chicago offsets the entire state of Illinois. And yeah, it sure so. does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, R Richard Daly was Chicago's mayor from '55 to '76. Yeah. And then his son was uh, from '89 to 2011. Yeah. And so, I well, mean, I you, you you look back at the history it, 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 of the city, and you wonder how the city grew. But of course, it, yeah. it grew because it was a cattle center, and the slaughterhouses back in the 1800s, 1900s. You know, yeah. I mean, that's what it was. The railroads. Sure. Um, it was you know well, on the Great Lakes for shipping. It, it was a crying, it was a crying shame that this. Ex-mayor who's now out now or going to be out played played you know the race card uh, you know it's because I'm black yeah. and gay she oh, said yeah. that I, you know I wasn't re well that's how you got elected in the first place yeah pretty so, much yeah. so maybe <laughs> yeah so maybe that's not you know that's not the real reason why the voters refused you it's because of the high crime rate so I believe this ex-police commissioner. He may uh, he may be the next mayor simply because of his experience as a police commissioner. Yeah. Well, I don't think but, he's a white uh, guy either. He isn't. No, they're both they're both black candidates. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So unless black. one of them is gay, we can't play that card. <laughs> oh bummer. She <laughs> <laughs> was. Uh, Cursed, foiled again. Right. Yeah. Okay. It just. Well, it's got to upset you I'll on a Saturday like, morning with your coffee and, that's right. and Cheerios, doesn't it? <laughs> well, my when I pour milk on my Rice Krispies, they don't even snap, crackle, and pop. They're yeah. afraid they're going to get arrested. Well, there's too much inflation yeah, right. for that. So. That's right. Yeah. Oh. Thanks, Jerry. Okay, guys. Thanks uh, for thanks, taking Jerry. my call. All right. Take it easy. 
406-522-TALK is the number, 406-522-8255. Caller, thanks for waiting. You're on with Tom and Shane. What's going on? Hi, uh, this is uh, Big Jim from Mokina, Illinois. I'm a, I describe myself as an Illinois dirt farmer uh, with a Montana attitude. All right. But I'd like mm-hmm. to correct a couple of things. Ron Emanuel was the last mayor. He lost Larry Lightfoot. Ron Emanuel is now the uh, ambassador to uh, Japan, mm-hmm. still very influential in uh, Chicago, and he was Obama's chief of staff for a while. Yeah. Now, with the election coming up, uh, we, may, uh, we may be wishing we had Larry Orsford back. Uh, Paul Vallis uh, is uh, white. He's a former uh, superintendent of schools in Chicago. Uh, hopefully he'll win. But his opponent is, is a, a Cook County commissioner who is being supported by a million-dollar fund from the Chicago Teachers Union. Uh, if he wins, uh, we're going to wish we had uh, Larry Whitefoot back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the the cure is worse than the symptoms, huh? <laughs> yeah, don't, don't. You may get, yeah, exactly. In Chicago, I mean, hey, I love Montana. I have a place in Bozeman. Yeah. Love the mountains. But Chicago is a fantastic city. Mm-hmm. We have a wonderful lake out there. Uh, nothing. I love, I love Montana, but I love sailing on Lake Michigan. And we have a wonderful city. Uh, it's just too bad that uh, we're getting a big rap and all the problems we're having right now. Amen to so that. You, you, you sound like you're from Chicago. Is the Golden Mile back up and operating, or did everybody just close well, up shop? I, 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 I'm, I haven't been down to the Golden Mile. I spend my time down oh. in the, what they call the uh, museum campuses, which is the oh, Field Muse- yeah. Museum, the uh, Planetarium, uh, the Grant Park, that area is very safe, uh, very well protected, no problems. That's where our sailing program goes out. The Jet Goldman Adapted Sailing Program. We teach disabled sailors how to sail during the summer. Also, Navy Pier is very safe. We go to the Shakespeare Theater downtown. Uh, but I, I have not been down uh, Michigan Avenue, but uh, the high traffic tourist areas are very well guarded and protected. Well, okay. Hey, just as an FYI, I was born in Jerseyville, Illinois, just to let you know that. Well, that's uh, where that's downstate, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's about halfway yeah. between Springfield and St. Louis. Well, we. But but, we but he looks like ourselves. he came from the Jersey Shores now. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, we we consider Illinois divided in half by a a again. I know. Well, you know we're on the. We're on the south side of I-80, uh, which our values are pretty much aligned. When you get down to downstate Illinois, great people, and uh, uh, we do have a great state here. We probably, I think, have one of the best states in the whole union. It's hard to find a piece of property in Illinois that's not taxable. It's not providing some kind of farm agriculture. It's just sad that our politicians can rob us of all this. Productive, productive effort. There you go. Hey, thanks so much for listening, and thanks for the call. Yeah, spread the word down yeah, there. Always, that... I'm listening in from Mokina. Always uh, enjoy coming to Bozeman, and uh, really enjoy your radio station. Well, thanks so much. We appreciate it very much. Thanks for listening. Bye now. All right, bye-bye. All right. 
Uh, so see. the best best three planetariums in North America: New York, Chicago, and Vancouver. Okay. What about what opinion. about Museum of the Rockies? Well, it's nice planetarium, but it's not. It's it's sort of a planetarium. <laughs> planetarium light. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure we have another caller. Caller, anybody there? Yeah, he's here. He's here. Yay. Good morning, good sir. <laughs> Bam. He's right in line. Well, it's a warmonger, if you call me, Shane. <clears throat> anyway, there's two things I wanted to talk about. First of all, uh, our uh, our legislator, they're out on recess now for a week. Mm -hmm. And I hope and pray that uh, we're going to get some uh, tax relief paid back to us for all the taxes we've paid here into this state. And we have a big surplus, as you know. Mm-hmm. And I hope that happens. Well, that's the plan. Now, we're going to talk with Scott Sales and uh, Steve White in the 10 o'clock hour, Shane, so the, or uh, Clint. Uh, they will be uh, re-talking about that, I'm sure. So okay, stay good. tuned well, for that. They're both, both good friends of mine. But anyway, tell them I said hello. And anyway, the other thing I wanted to talk about was China a little bit. And, and I don't know if I've told you this story. It's a true story. It happened at Walmart. A couple of years ago, uh, I was at Walmart. I was in the McDonaldland there in the north end of the store. Mm -hmm. And I was having a cup of coffee. I was by myself. Judy wasn't with me. And this Chinese girl, nice, nice, tall, nice-looking Chinese girl come by. And she had the broom, and she asked me to lift my feet so she could sweep. And so I, I did. And then I asked her, I says, uh, are you from here or are you from China? She says, well, I'm from China. And she spoke real good English. Hmm. And she'd graduated uh, at, uh, from the university. And what has happened uh, is what she told me, that uh, the Chinese government pays for that education and they also uh, pay for her room and board. And then they transfer them after a while. They transfer them to various different uh, cities in the United States. And I asked her why. She's, we, she said to me, and I quote, she said, I, we want to know how you people think and what you do. Yeah. And it said to me there that that was something mm -hmm. that, uh, that uh, was pretty nice for her to say. Now, I, here's a question for Shane. Shane, I want you to look up. I know how many there is. How many Chinese corporations own businesses here in the United States? Uh, that's something for you to look up. There's over a thousand of them. And oh, at so least, I'll, yeah. I'll, huh? Oh, at least. Uh, well, the other thing is they're they're talking in the legislature or the uh, federal uh, House and Senate about possibly uh, restricting land purchase by China. In the United That's States. right. I hope that happens. Yeah. Uh, China's bought a lot of the land here in the United States that you never hear about. Mm -hmm. And a friend of mine, a real good friend of ours, uh, sent, I'm not a computer guy, you guys are, but my wife is. And she received a, 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 an email from a friend of hers that quoted all the corporations that was owned by the Chinese here in the United States. And I couldn't mm -hmm. believe it when I looked at it. And I just uh, thought maybe Shane, he's a smart guy. He could uh, maybe address that issue. Mm -hmm. Why? How come they're here? Why are they buying this land? Like here in Montana, 
mm-hmm. yeah. about airplane missiles, you know. I mean, yeah. I don't like to sound like, like Shane calls me a warmonger. I'm not a warmonger at all, but I'm very <laughs> damn cautious about Mm. Uh, what our government does, what our legislators do in our states, and I kind of keep on track on top of that. Well, according so to I, the according to the uh, um, the uh, Department of Agriculture, uh, three hundred eighty three thousand nine hundred thirty five acres are owned by China. That's zero point nine percent of total foreign owned uh, U.S. agriculture. That's at the end of twenty one. So of course we're in twenty three now. So it could be. Could be more Which than nine, yeah, nine percent, Tom. It's a point point zero nine percent. Yeah, so oh. it's not a lot, but it, it the the problem is where is the land? That's uh, what's it located that's near, important. and that's the important thing that I think they're looking at is, uh, but uh, uh, but yeah, it's uh, there's no question uh, about it that. Uh, well, I think we should probably mm-hmm. beware of China. I'm not mm-hmm. going to try to put them down or anything. I'm just yeah. government. I don't like what their government's done, you know, or mm-hmm. are doing and what they have done. It's uh, to me is a no-no. Yeah. Well, the largest uh, part is in Texas, 4.4 million acres there. Uh, they got 35.2 million acres um, in 2019, 2% of the farmland. Uh, in the U.S. Um, and uh, Maine, uh, they've got 3 million acres. Alabama, 1.8. 40% of the additional 3.4 million acres acquired by foreign investors. Uh, Texas, Oklahoma, and Colorado is where they're where they're concentrating yeah. on. So, Well, that, there's the grain belts, most yeah. of it. Well, they also, uh, 29% of the Netherlands, Italy, Germany, and the U.K. collectively owning another 33% there, so... Well, they're, they're, all, they're, they're getting after it, so. Yeah, they're the biggest economy in the world. I know that. Mm-hmm. And uh, the thing is, it's, uh, I think uh, we be- we better kind of watch ourselves here and uh, pretty damn close and keep a good close on what's going on. And I think that, you know, I think that they shouldn't be allowed to own land here. We can't own land in Mexico. I know that. Mm-hmm. I've tried that. I don't work. But anyway, I uh, kind of was wondering why uh, why they're doing what they're doing. You know, it's uh, and I don't want to sound like a conspiracy guy, a conspirator guy, but there's something going on here that isn't quite right. So that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. So all right, sir. Thanks for the call. To say, and uh, you guys, I like your program, even if I am a warmonger. Chief. Well, all right. Now, wait a second. If I've inferred or suggested <laughs> or said that to you, I apologize. I I don't consider you a warmonger, but I do not I think that people. I don't think anyone should worry about any kind of a war with regards to China. Number one, number two. Well, I've seen so uh, they're, much buy, they're buying life, property. They're buying property in the U.S. like they have across Canada get money out of the country because the government has slashed the amount of money they can move out of the country. Mm-hmm. And number three, don't worry, because within a year, they'll be selling it, you know, at 40 cents on the dollar because yeah. they're in so much trouble. Hey, Jan, you better watch Trudeau, what he's doing to you folks up there in Canada now. You better kind of watch that. But uh, like I said, I've seen so much death in my life that I don't want to see any more. And uh, that's why I raise up some of the questions I ask the people 
that listen to this radio station, and some of them probably think I'm crazy, but that's all right. Yeah. I'm just an old guy passing through time. <laughs> and anyway, I appreciate your program, both of you. All right. Thanks so much. Uh, you betcha. And uh, keep it up. And the guy that called from uh, Chicago, mm-hmm. I enjoy people calling from all over. That's wonderful. Yeah, yeah we got last week Colorado called. Uh, yeah, we're getting we're getting out there somewhere. So glad, to, glad we're. That's wonderful. Glad we're starting to branch out here, maybe. <laughs> Gee, it's only funny. taken 12 years. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll see you. Thanks much. All right, take care. All right, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, uh, yeah, we uh, yeah we got uh, Miles City last week, uh, Roundup, of course, Nancy, and uh, uh, California, got, Colorado, we've got, we've got, and we got a call um, once from Hawaii. So, that's yeah, right. So, uh, kind of fun, so. There was someone trying to ask you on a date. Yeah, that must be it. I'm sure it was. Yeah, uh, yeah it was, it, it, they, they they got it off a date date uh, you know a date site. Well, my dating sites. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, that's, I'm sure that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, from our text line four seven eight eight two nine eight. Keep your friends close and your enemies closer. There you go, Shane. That's what we need to do. Uh, let's see. Are there any stocks or companies that can improve in a poor economy? Uh, Jan from Livingston wants to know that, Shane. I would, I would say uh, companies that you've got to have stuff. You got to have soap. You got to have laundry detergent. You got to have uh, oh, consumer companies. Yeah, up uh, consumer companies. Absolutely, the things that we have to have day in day out, no matter what the economy is. Uh, those would be the companies, Procter and Gamble. Uh, you know uh, those folks, um, uh, cereals. Well, they're all yeah. They're yeah. all going to lose value. They'll all yeah. They play. will, but but the benefit of buying them has been proven historically. Mm-hmm. If they pay a dividend, because any company that can pay a dividend is generating enough cash flow to operate and to pay you for owning their stock. So why wouldn't you want to own a stock of a company that will pay you to own their stock? That that. Right now, in the situation we're in now, that's it. That, that's it. And mm-hmm. if and I wouldn't ask you to do it. Hold your money. Be in mm-hmm. cash. I mean, all, all the bobbleheads are going. Oh well, you're up four percent if you have a forty sixty split, which is forty percent of your investment mm-hmm. in yeah. debt, whether it's corporate mm-hmm. or sovereign, and then in equities. But no, yeah. it's, okay. no. all right. There you go. That's cash. Cash is yeah. king, baby. <laughs> yeah, our, our Chicago uh, gentleman's trying to come back again, and uh, we need to let him know we have one call a week. Yeah, so. you should tell him. <laughs> Golly, you're on with Tom and Shane. Uh, we have a one call a week rule, but since you're out of state, I'll let you in on this one. What's up? Uh, yeah, I, my other big issue is, is China, and it's not a conspiracy theory. I've done work in China. I've been to China. And uh, in Chicago now, we're ordering 848 new transit cars that cost $2 million apiece. They're being built here in the United States by a company owned by the Communist Chinese Party. They want to become not only the transit supplier for Chicago, but they want to supply all of our transit cars. I see at the rental companies now, they're renting what they call a Polestar 2 electric vehicle, which again is made in China. Uh, it isn't just buying up their land. Uh, they're taking over our industrial plants. Uh, and they have a plan, and it's not a conspiracy theory. They have a plan, and we're, we're going to be in trouble. That's, 
That's all I want to say. All right. Thanks for the call. <laughs> Take it easy. Okay. Well, I want to remind everyone it was the ninth. It was the twentieth century. Last century, hundred years ago, you were industrial oriented. Today, and 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 the century before, in the nineteenth century, you know, eighteen hundreds, ninety two percent of your economy was agrarian. So you went from agrarian agrarian in the 1800s to industrial in the 19th, and now you're a service-based uh, uh, country. I mean, th that's what it is. You know, 85% of the people um, mm -hmm. employed in your country are employed in service industry. Now, that's the trades, that's the restaurants, you know, uh, people at a service counter in a store, uh, in, in sales. Uh, so uh, it's a transition. Now, the next transition, I know you're going to roll your head and sit back in your chair, will be the uh, electrical flying vehicle. And um, there he goes. He sits back <laughs> in his chair. Um, th this is going to employ glo globally 100 million people, and it'll, it'll start here in the next three years. A company called Blade has already signed a deal with, Chicago, with New York Police Department and Aviation at, uh, at the uh, JFK airport to fly people into to the city. Um, they can hold up to six people, and it's electric. So new, new, new industry, new technology, uh, American-made, American thought, and everybody that knows about it, including Mr. Musk, um, is, is going to be there. That's why he's building another plant in Mexico, because he will shift from cars to flying vehicles in a snap, all mechanical, all robotic. Yeah. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> hey, everyone's talking about AI, buddy. We talked about it a year before they did. Oh, well, I realize that, but uh, somebody's got to talk about batteries, and that's the big issue. So, well, listen. He's got his own battery technology, too. Yeah, so right. He, yeah. He's covered it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's the man. I mean, everyone, you got to look at. Tesla, because it's brilliant. I mean, he's got he's got so many things he can roll into that company. I mean, wow! Look at they fired a rocket right up to the space station. I know. And we have to go. You're you're signaling. <laughs> we have to go. We've got to go. Quit talking, Montalban. <laughs> yes. Quit talking. Shut up. <laughs> All right. All right. That's going to wrap it up for this segment. We come back ten uh, Trump actions uh, that were taken during his term, and we'll talk about those when we come back. And uh, Scott Sales and Scott uh, and Steve White will join us at 10 o'clock to talk about the legislature. We'll be right back. Seven minutes after the hour of 9 a.m., it's Saturday, March 4, 2023. Tommy off your Saturday morning mayor in the house. Shane Matobin, half man, half amazing, is in Kamloops, Canada, having a high old time there with an adult beverage or two this morning, uh, getting <laughs> getting ready to go. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you know, I have some butter tea with a little bit of scotch in it. Oh, there you go. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. Hey, we want to remind you it's Hug a GI Day. So if you got a GI in your family or friend circle, uh, give them a hug today and tell them thank you for their service. All right. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Thomas. Yeah. For your service and welcome home. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. All right, uh, ten Trump actions. Uh, they're not. Here we go. They're not always good actions. They're not always bad actions, but they are actions he did nevertheless. Uh, we're in uh, uh, April of 2017, four months into his administration. 
So number one, abortion. Uh, The Trump administration in April cut off U.S. funding of the United Nations Population Fund, which has links to inhumane abortion programs, such as China's uh, one-child policy, which became a two-child policy in 2015. More than $32 million was instead shifted to the U.S. Agency for International Development. Also an abortion in what was regarded as the first major national pro-life bill in more than a decade, Trump signed in April a congressional review bill into law annulling a recent Obama administration regulation that would have prohibited states from discriminating in awarding Title IX I'm sorry, Title X family planning funds based on whether a local clinic also performs abortions. In education in April, Trump signed an executive order requiring Secretary of Education Betsy DeVos to review department regulations with the intent of returning power to the states and local governments for education. In law enforcement in April, Attorney General Jeff Sessions, in an effort to give back local control to police departments, ordered the Department of Justice to review Obama's agreements with local police departments. Veterans Administration reform. In April, Trump signed the VA Choice and Quality Employment Act of 2017, passed uh, by, under Obama uh, by uh, John Tester previously. The uh, VA Choice and Quality Employment Act of 2017 to authorize $2.1 billion in additional funds enabling veterans who live more than 40 miles from the closest eligible VA medical facility experience wait times of more than 30 days to schedule an appointment or meet other critical criteria to be treated outside the VA system. Islamic, yeah, Islamic Jihad. Under the increased autonomy Trump gave the Defense Department, the U.S. dealt a heavy blow to ISIS in Afghanistan. They dropped the mother of all bombs, the largest non-nuclear bomb in existence, on a complex of ISIS tunnels. Ninety-four kill, uh, ISIS killers were uh, killed, fighters were killed, rather, including four commanders, and the tunnels and weapons stockpiles were destroyed. Military. In April, Trump gave Defense Secretary James Mattis authority to set troop levels in in Iraq and uh, Syria for the fight against ISIS, and military commanders were granted authority to perform military actions without, without approval from Washington. As a direct result, this newly autonomous U.S. military made great advances against ISIS. In immigration, in the first 100 days of the Trump administration, arrests and deportation of criminal aliens, such as MS-13 members, were up 38% compared with the last year of the Obama administration. ICE conducted a crackdown on gangs that resulted in the arrest of nearly 1,400 people. Trump administration also cooperated with central intelligence companies, countries rather, to combat MS-13 recruitment. In the region, an estimated 6,000 MS-13 gang members were arrested during the president's first five months. Under immigration also, Trump signed an executive order in April cutting funding for sanctuary cities. And despite encountering opposition from city officials, ICE agents have begun 
enforcing U.S. immigration laws in those cities. Also in immigration, in March and April, the DOJ announced plans to speed up the deportation of uh, imprisoned illegal aliens, instructing U.S. attorneys to employ stricter guidelines in the prosecution of immigration crimes while seeking to hire 125 immigration judges in the next two years. So there you are, Shane. Ten Trump policies or actions. He did it all. You know, the Moab was great. We talked about it when he used it. It's the only um, piece of military equipment not built by uh, the industrial complex. It was actually built by the Air Force in Oklahoma. Hmm. And uh, they built ten of them, and he used two of them. He used one in Syria and one in Afghanistan. And after he used the one in Afghanistan against the Taliban, they never shot another American soldier. Mm-hmm. He, he dropped it there to, to, you know, to show him what capability he had, because he told her, you shoot another American, we know where you live. So he, he, here's a bomb that'll show you how well they work. Yeah. <laughs> From our text line, 478-8298, the market is up over the past year. If you ask Shane, is down, unless a Republican is the president of the United States, uh, can't wait for you, uh, Syncophat, 10, uh, top 10 Trump lies. Will you list his top failures, too? Well, if I knew uh, any failures of his, I would list them. Okay, here we go. Well, uh, 70% of the Dow Jones Industrials are down yeah. over the last year. Mm-hmm. Um, 80% of the Standard & Poor and 85% of NASDAQ are down. So I don't know who this person is, but clearly they're not paying attention. Yeah. Uh, guys, here's my weekly rant against all the illegals moving to Bozeman. And yes, I say illegals because I believe they probably crossed the border illegally and they're gra- we've, <laughs> we've gr- were granted uh, Joe Biden's welcome committee uh, to make money here in Bozeman. I do DoorDash and I can't tell you there's a lot of non-English speaking, let me say DoorDash employees now. And that has uh, dropped our delivery percentage from an average of $7 to 3 Thank you, Joe. I also would like to know how they uh, afford a place to live where I'm barely hanging on. So, Well, they live 18 to a house. So that's You need to move in with 10 other families, and everything will be great for you. And everyone has two jobs. Yeah. Well, that's what they did in California when I was there. There'd be seven or eight families in a home or apartment or whatever. They're sleeping on the walls, on the floor, on the ceiling, and whatever. That, so, that's what that's yeah. what happened to the East Indians that, that came to to uh, BC from India. Um, you know, they would come and they they would get, then try and get their family uh, to come. And as you say, they they would buy a big five ten thousand square house and yeah. fifteen twenty people would work in the house they'd all have jobs at least one yeah. and uh, they combined all their income to pay the the mortgage off and mm-hmm. buy house after house but you know and over five ten years uh, they all had homes yeah paid for from our text line 406-478-8298 uh first black and gay mayor of chicago made another first the uh, first mayor to uh, chicago to lose by 85 percent of the vote <laughs> that should tell you something uh are there any uh, private chinese companies that are not controlled by the chinese communist party uh, i don't know many i don't know if there are I any i don't think so no not, I, I, I don't think you can do business uh, unless you're in Xi's uh, pocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or he gets a piece of the action, which is the yeah. same thing. He's in your pocket. 
<laughs> yeah, that's yeah. where Biden learned it. I mean, I, who do you think taught him how to do it? Yeah. Yeah, Biden doesn't think up anything on his own. Someone has mm -hmm. to tell him how to do something. No. You know, and, and the Obamas and and uh, the Clintons wouldn't tell him. So he had to go to China to find out. That's true, yeah. Trump's top 10 failures. Obamacare is still here. And yeah, the poor are also paying 40%. Thank you very much. Of, right. their, of their pay. Uh, even though the out-of-pockets okay. capped at 6000 I believe. But they're still paying 40% if you're on the bronze plan. So that's no big deal for the poor. Uh, Hillary's not locked up yet. Uh, <laughs> only fifty well, miles. Only fifty miles of wall. That's because of Biden stopped it. It's all laying on the ground down there, rusting, and uh, got owned in his trade war. Well, I w wouldn't say that. Um, well, all I can say about Hillary is, is that you know, walking alone in the woods without your husband, even. It's sort of like being locked up. I mean, I the woods are true. beautiful. Yeah. I walk in them every day, but yeah. uh, you know, it's a, it's just one of those things. She's alone. Yeah. Uh, Garland and Ray did not instill confidence in our justice system. Uh, how about you, Tom? Uh, well, uh, I am I am thankful to the Lord above that Merrick Garland is not on the Supreme Court. I, I can't believe that there wasn't one senator that said. I didn't vote for you to be a, a attorney general, and I'm sure glad I didn't vote for you to be an associate justice. I I just want to make one comment, and that is about your uh, Mr. Uh, the head of the FBI. I, I find it incredulous that you know he sat there and refused and dodged questions from Democrats and Republicans. I know, yeah. Especially when the a preceding head of the FBI, we all knew who he was, right. Um, no, Ray's in charge now. So, you know, the preceding head of the FBI set a precedent with the Hillary Clinton situation. I, I mean, he was investigating her. I went to her house and didn't call her in and had a, a lawyer sit with them while they asked questions and then said, no one would possibly come up with any reason to charge her with anything. Yeah. And then he took that information and he leaked it. Yeah. To the New York Times. Oh, yeah, through a third person. Doesn't yeah. matter. He set the precedent. So mm. anybody running the FBI has no right to say I can't talk about a case yeah. that's being investigated <laughs> because his predecessor set the precedent that you can. Yeah. So I, I don't know did why yeah. you know a congressman or a senator don't confront him about that and say, Hey, sorry, new precedent. You gotta if you're not gonna answer this question, you should resign. It's a uh, it's a uh, new policy. That's right. So. From our app chat line, AM 1450 KMMS on your smartphone, no cobalt, no cobalt, no lithium, no batteries. That's that's what I'm talking about. That's you're, right. You're not going to be able to get that stuff from these foreign countries. You know, these people can do do all the electric vehicles, and you, and you flying can't, vehicles, and you whatever can't they want. them in your country because of uh, the present policy of uh, your uh, president. So. Yeah. Ouch. Well, we do have uh, lithium mines here, uh, but uh, yes, very do. few. Yeah, very few. Yeah. Um, I didn't mean to make Nancy cry when I gave the recommendation that she should run for U.S. Senate. Uh, that's from Right on John over in uh, Livingston. So, Right on John, thanks for that. And I think Nancy should give it a shot. She's 
an intelligent uh, young woman, capable person, absolutely capable and uh, ready to she rock. She speaks and roll. well. Yeah, she you know she carries an argument and uh, yeah. she knows how to uh, challenge uh, you know even us. That's hard mm -hmm. to do. Well, that's true. I mean, that's that's almost and impossible. You're un you're unchallengeable. Eagle. I I realize you, that. That's you beat sure. a man. That's for sure. Well, Montana's legislature has passed bills totaling over $1 billion in tax relief and rebates for state residents. Republican G uh, Governor Jay, uh, Greg Gianforte said Thursday that he looks forward to signing the bills. Uh, one will provide um, up to a uh, $1,250 tax rebate for individual income taxpayers and up to a $1,000 property tax rebate over the next two years for a primary residence. Uh, the two bills combined could total up to $3,500 for a couple living in their own home if they had paid that much in taxes. Another bill uh, decreases the uh, state's top income tax rate from 6.5% to 5.9%. That'll start with the 2024 tax year. And the budget package also pays off the state's $125 million in bonded debt. So look for checks in your mail. Everybody. <laughs> our, direct, our direct deposit. So, so yeah, if you qualify, you'll be getting that. We'll talk with, more about that with uh, Scott Sales and uh, Steve White coming up at the 10 o'clock hour uh, when, we, um, when we get to the, that segment. So the, uh, uh, the other thing that's going on, um, uh, I don't know if you heard this or not, uh, uh, Shane. Uh, President Biden had basal cell cancerous tissue removed from his chest. Um, the White House says um, a lesion removed from President's chest during a recent physical was uh, basal cell carcinoma, a common though relatively harmless type of skin cancer. And I've had that myself, Shane, had that. Yeah, but the problem here is when he first went to uh, have his medical checkup, you know, they said, oh, uh, fine, clean bill of health. Well, it wasn't, so they lied. And they didn't tell us then, and they didn't explain uh, what the basal cell uh, carcinoma is. Obviously from being in the sun, because he spends his weekends at the beach or riding bikes. He was a know. lifeguard, yeah. Yeah, I picked yeah, mine up in Vietnam. Anyway, long story short, no, no, this isn't a serious issue, but it does occur uh, to uh, a large part of the public. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, over 22% of the people um, have, ha have had some symptoms of it. Mm -hmm. And of those, 32% have had it removed. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's one of these minor mm -hmm. uh, day surgeries that uh, the medical industry has resolved. But it's not uh, a really uh, a bad type of uh, cancer because it doesn't get into the lymph nodes and move through your body it stays in the skin yeah well that's the thing you know the one i had they, they will move if you don't take care of it so yes yeah so the other parts of your skin yeah, yeah it's it's slow it's a slow yeah. uh, moving but uh, it will uh, it will move around the body if you uh, don't uh, take care of it well, Bozeman's looking into changing his policy for rental motorized scooters, Shane. Uh, we just started these a couple of years ago. They're parked all over the city. They're on the sidewalk blocking traffic and 
I guess people just uh, ride them to wherever they want to and leave them there, and uh, somebody comes and gets them later on. So <laughs> I don't know how that works. Uh, you, you'd think they'd have a, a GPS system where the company could just ride them back to the central <laughs> central place. I don't know. but uh, <laughs> we, we, we had that here in Vancouver. Oh, it started about 10 years ago. You know where, where you could rent a bike mm-hmm. and then park it and lock it, yeah. And then another person could come along and use it. Didn't do well. It lasted about two years, and then yeah. it just. Well, we we got the scooters in 2019. Uh, the city has hired a consultant in January. Wait, we got to hire of somebody course. Shane to look at this. We can't look at it ourselves. We gotta we gotta have a consultant. Uh, Shane, I don't know why they don't just call on us for these things. Uh, I mean, <laughs> well, they'd have to pay us, don't. Don't we consult every uh, every weekend? <laughs> Constantly. <laughs> don't For know free. Why. I don't understand. So, so anyway, uh, yeah, they uh, hired a consultant in January to look into ways the city could change its policies regarding <laughs> related to the scooters. Why don't you just look at what the problem are with the scooters and? Deal with it yourself. God, I can't believe we got to hire somebody to do this. So anyway, uh, the city's transportation and engineering director said they're going to be working on rewriting their policies this spring with plans to finalize them in May. The scooters will likely be out on the streets before the rewrite is done. But uh, they uh, said they're looking at it as a living document chain, which means it'll go on forever. So, well, at least, at least it's not toilets. You no, know, that's like true. Five million, not yeah. like the four toilets in New York for five million bucks. I yeah, mean, I don't know what to, I don't know what to say about that. Well, Nancy brought up all these aliens staying, and they they took over an entire Holiday Inn, I think, in New York or somewhere, Shane, uh, like ten stories or something like that, and they've trashed the place. They have just literally trashed the place. And uh, you know, I I. I, you know, if people are coming here looking, you know, I, I appreciate the fact that they're oppressed in their own country, but if they come here and somebody gives them a room with heat and air conditioning and, you know, uh, bed service and all of that, you'd think you would maybe take care of the room a little bit. Well, yeah. like Margaret Thatcher famously said, if you don't have skin in the game, you don't play by the rules. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. So. Well, during President uh, Biden's um, uh, State of the Union address, he brought up Social Security, that uh, the, <laughs> Demo- the Republicans are anti-Social Security. So a bipartisan group of senators is treading carefully into the politically difficult discussion of making changes to Social Security to extend its solvency. I can't imagine the uh, circumstance where Social Security would end. Because well, every every, I mean, a, every it, it, 100 senators and 435 right. representatives would not be reelected. Well, not only that, <laughs> but it, it you know it's it's a it's a it's a Ponzi scheme that's been well, it is you know yeah. in, in, in place since 1938, and mm. they're collecting constantly on it. So, oh yeah, yeah. you know there's just it's yeah. it's not good disappear yeah the people getting in on the bottom floor are paying the people on the top floor that's a ponzi scheme yeah well as i have said a million times the money i put into this i started uh when in well in the 60s uh working i guess uh for full time at least working full time for somebody 
And the dollars I put in there into Social Security then are worth a hell of a lot more than they are today. So I put in way more <laughs> than, than, than I've taken out. out. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. And thankfully, I got an 8% increase in uh, January, so I'm, I'm officially off top ramen. And, and meanwhile, your president is funding not the war in Ukraine, but funding the government to pay uh, the people employed by the government so it, it continues operating, and their salaries, which mm -hmm. include their benefits and uh, retirement funds. I oh. mean, seriously? Yeah. Hundreds of, now we're, we're not talking like a few, this is hundreds of millions of dollars. No, we're not. <laughs> so the simple answer here is very simple. Mm -hmm. uh, the U.S. will put up 50 million if four other countries put up 50 million too. Well, there you, you know, go. Every time Ukraine wants money, mm -hmm. you know, the U.S. should say 10%, we'll put up 10% or 20%, and, and the world's got to put up the rest. If, if they don't, you know, we, we're going to pay last because. Yeah. We, you know, we have tried this before, and people say they will, but they don't. Yep. You know, these things are simple. They just they don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. All right, that's going to wrap up this segment. We'll be right back with more to talk about. Uh, we come back. Uh, well, we've got to talk. Uh, we've got to talk more about uh, uh, lots of. Well, can you imagine kids being forced to their knees on a school playground to say Black Lives Matter? We're going to talk about that right after this. 27 minutes for the top of the hour. Coming up at the 10 o'clock hour, uh, Steve White and Scott Sales will join us. Uh, we're going to have a discussion about the uh, local legislature. They uh, finished, they were halfway through uh, yesterday. They're going to take a little break and uh, then uh, come back. And uh, But we're going to talk about some of the bills that are uh, going on up there in Helena as uh, the uh, time goes on. And... Uh, we also got to remind you, it's National Grammar Day. Good grammar is how I reach the pinnacle of my success. Uh, thank you very much. So, yes, yeah, so I want people to take particularly particular notice that Tom never says "uh" and I never say "a." <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, uh, next on the on our yeah, docket. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, from our text line, 478-8298, something of concern. China has a lock on rare earth elements, providing 80% of U.S. needs. Rare earth are uh, heavily used in magnets, alloys, gas, glasses, uh, and electronics, uh, critical for elect electric motors, generators, um, disk drives, computers, um, more are used to make uh, fuel cells, batteries, fiber optics, lasers, um, also used to increase plant growth, rare earth uh, feed addictives for uh, additives rather for livestock have produced larger animals and increased egg production. None of the portable electronics can be made without rare earth minerals. Well, first of all, they're very hard to find. Number yeah, one. they are. So they're very expensive. Doesn't matter. And yeah. China doesn't have a lock on it. Uh, we, we you, in fact, more industry in the U.S. buys it from India and Australia than they do from mm -hmm. Russia or um, or China. But it's a commodity, so it, you know it's purchased through the commodity market. Yeah, well, and Africa and too. Africa's uh, Africa has a Africa lot of Africa is very big. And, yeah, you know, even South America and Africa. Mm -hmm. You know, like eighty percent yeah. of the countries have the countries, those two continents rather, eighty yeah. percent of the continents haven't even really been. Like 
checked out, man. Well, uh, in Africa, unfortunately, they've got child laborers that are hauling this stuff around oh, without yeah. any kind of protection. So all you electric car uh, aficionados out there who uh, love your electric cars, just keep in mind that you're probably uh, causing cancer to some African kid because no one cares if he lives or dies because there'll be another one. Yeah, and uh, they're just trying to survive, baby. They're just trying to survive. From our text line, 478-8298, I heard a quick blip on the news. I wonder if it's true. In the city of D.C. is is a legal, takes up residency for 30 days. They can vote in local and state elections. And I believe that's true. I know they can in California. Uh, I don't know what the residency requirement is, but I know illegals can vote in local and um, uh, state elections. They can't vote in federal elections. But no, uh, they can they, um, they can in in uh, local elections. But uh, there, there's another example of the Attorney General of the United States. Um, this is unconstitutional, and it's uh, they're breaking the law. Mm-hmm. So not going after these states or cities for that is just wrong. Yeah. Uh, well, another example yeah. of the executive branch not enforcing the law. Yeah. All right, uh, from a uh, from an article by Matteo Sena, C I N A. I assume that's Sena. Uh, okay. I don't know Matteo Sena. Anyway, uh, originally started by Seattle teachers in 2016, Black Lives Matter at School Week of Action uh, is a week long pro- focus on the 13 guiding principles of the Black Lives Matter movement. Such principles include, and I quote. Fostering a queer-affirming network, unquote, by uh, freeing an individual from the, quote, tight grip of uh, heteroformative thinking, unquote, (laughs) and, quote, disrupting the Western-prescribed nuclear family structure, unquote, so... So there you are. I mean, that, what what could what could possibly go wrong, Shane? Um, I don't know. Well, I I don't yeah. think that people realize um, that th- this is another example of this minority, the, the gay community. Um, they they've gotten most all of what they want as a minority because you know the rights of the minority. So it you know in the African American. Culture, it, it, you know, down under is what they call it, being gay, particularly for men. Um, it's just not, you know, acceptable. It, it's really looked down upon in a, a very harsh way. And so they're trying to accentuate this because of that the traditional family value. Uh, another example of the woke minorities that want greater representation to somehow, you know, it, it enhance their numbers. That, that's what they're trying to do, it, you know, with children in education. And, and in this case, you know, it's, uh, it's regrettable, but under your Constitution and Bill of Rights, they can do that. Well, in 2022, the Aurora School in uh, California incorporated a quote, Julian is a mermaid drag queen story hour, unquote, into its lesson planning for grade schoolers. The video hosted on the YouTube channel, quote, Queer Kid Stuff, unquote, 
is labeled for uh, kids ages three plus and features a quote tie wearing queer lady, um, her her non-binary best <laughs> best stuffed friend Teddy unquote, and Angel from Drag Queen Drag Queen Story Hour. Say that fast five times. <laughs> <laughs> it's National Grammar Day. Thank you very much. Well, it's just, it's unattainable in, in most situations because it, even though the majority rules, uh, the minority has such rights. So it, it's, I, 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 all I can say is, I, I don't know how, where do you find these strange people that somehow think mm -hmm. this is okay? I, yeah. it's just hard for me to, to say or comment about it because I just, I can't get my head around the fact that People think raising children this way, you know, to hate their parents, hate the government, hate the country, don't like themselves, want to be something else. They're not the gender they were born. I mean, are these kids going to reject this in 20 years and come out angry and go right? Or are they going to, in 20 years, be, you know, in, in favor of all this and, and go left? Yeah. I think from what we've seen with the millennials, at least, um, you know, a good 40% of them, they're going to go right. Yeah. Well, a group of black children at Kenwood Elementary School in Springfield, Ohio, ordered white children to get down on their knees and say black lives matter. These students who refused to obey were dragged onto the playground and beaten. Uh, one white child was punched in the head, and it was all captured on video. Uh, they've from one of the parents. Uh, they uh, basically told him to get down on his knees and say "Black Lives Matter," and if he didn't, he was going to get beat up. And uh, that's from a 12-year-old uh, kid. Another mom, 12-year-old uh, uh, grade school, said uh, forced on his knees and forced to say "Black Lives Matter." Son was terrified. So the N the local NAACP uh, president said the attacker should be count held accountable but should not be arrested. Not be arrested for assault? I mean, I realize they're kids, but, you know. Well, it, it's a juvenile offense, so there, mm -hmm. there's, there's no record kept. Mm -hmm. uh, but it just, you, you, look, we grew up in, in this situation back in the 60s in grade school and junior high and high school, and kids are mean. Yeah. God, I had well, all kinds yeah. of issues because I was a scrawny little guy. I mean, you know, when I graduated from high school, I was five foot eight and weighed 140 pounds, you know, yeah. I wasn't a mm -hmm. big guy. Um, having said that, they never, I mean, the worst thing I think that kids thought of was pantsing me, remember? Yeah. They, they, you know, four or five people, guys would grab a guy and pull his pants down and laugh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But but nobody was vicious enough to, you know, beat up on anyone. And so you wonder, you, you, wonders, you wonder mm -hmm. if people have maybe suggested this to them or, or is it something they thought up themselves? It's hard to say because there's so much crime in these inner cities that they live with every day. I mean, you know, they, they live in neighborhoods where people die all the time and they're shot, like yeah. sitting in their living room watching TV. 
Well, I looked it up online uh, after this story crossed my uh, news waves here, and uh, CNN, no coverage, MSNBC, no coverage, New York Times, nothing there. Uh, New York Post did cover it, uh, but uh, they were the only ones. But, uh, you know, there's no—if this had been an attack on uh, white kids, uh, it would have been everywhere. Or black kids. Or white kids on black. Yeah, Yeah. white kids on black kids have been everywhere, so— so, uh, yeah, it's, um, I mean, that's a, I, I don't know if that was part of the Black Lives Matter and they just took it too far. Obviously, they did. Well, but, it'd be uh, really bad if they yeah. were forcing them on the knees and saying white kids matter more. Well, that's the that's the thing uh, that they, <laughs> uh, you know. Well, You, you uh, have to laugh because it's yeah. just so hard to believe, right? Like, it's just- yeah. Well, uh, in this uh, school week, this Black Lives Matter at school week, um, they've had students. Really? Well, they've had students participate in drag queen story hours and complete worksheets on whether or not they were oppressed or privileged. So, I mean, come on, you can't. Isn't the country divided enough without this crap? It's unbelievable. You know, it's yeah. I mean, and the whole thing with Black Lives Matter blew up, and they robbed and stealed, and mm-hmm. you know the hundred, over a hundred million dollars that they extorted from businesses, you know, yeah. three four years ago. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's just yeah. one of these. It's a grift story, right? Yeah, all lives matter. If you put a color in front of that phrase, you are a racist. That's from our text line. True. Yeah. True. Republicans are obsessed with drag queen uh, probably because they watch too much Bob Hope and Tony Curtis dressing up in drag. Well, those guys dressed up in drag, but they didn't do it sexually. <laughs> well, it was uh, some like it hot. Tony Curtis yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. uh, oh, I can't think his name went out of my head. Uh, you know, they you know they dressed up as women because mm-hmm. they saw the you know the Valentine's massacre in Chicago. You know, so they joined a women's band and, and went off to Florida. It, it's a great movie. It man. really is, yeah. What's the name of the comedian? What was the guy with Tony Curtis? Oh, my gosh. I can't. He won. Well, look it up. One, uh, yeah. <laughs> look I'm it up while up. I'm talking. Some, yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, kids bullying kids. Uh, that never happened before. Nope. You're right. Yeah. Well, I, I we were talking about this the other day in a group of business people that I meet with uh, weekly, and we were talking about uh, man, I I can't imagine uh, raising a uh, a daughter in uh, this today's society. Oh my God! I, yeah, it's uh, just it's unbelievable, isn't it? I mean, the, well, uh, the girls are much meaner than the guys. You know, the guys will get in a fight and they'll go ride bikes after after school together and be friends again. But girls, holy smoke! You know, it's it's till death do us part. Uh, <laughs> these things continue on. But social oh, social bullying of uh, of girls in school beyond oh. Oh, beyond belief. I mean, it's so I, sad. I mean, I may need to talk to my doctor about one of those terrible pills. Remember, Jack Lemon. Yeah, Jack Lemon. Yeah, mm-hmm. with Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, it's, there's a great scene where they get off the train yeah. in Florida, and and they're all dressed as Jack Lemon and and Tony Curtis are dressed up in women as women, and and who walks off the train in front of them about twenty feet away is Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, and she starts walking away, mm-hmm. and the camera's on her. 
And Jack Lemmon says to Tony Curtis, it's like jello on springs. Yeah. <laughs> there you are. <laughs> well, uh, I Marilyn Monroe is, uh, you know, I, I tell everybody I can only speak for myself. Mm. But uh, I know for a fact I was not born with a sexual attraction. Uh, that happened in uh, about 1953 or so when I was 10 or 11 years old. And I saw Marilyn Monroe on the screen for the first time. And I said, that's what I want. That's, that's for that's me. It. And that's the it. voice. That's the voice it. is important. Oh, the voice, too. Yeah. I mean, she had it all. You get a lot of women that are blonde, blue-eyed, and very pretty, and then they have yeah. that Barbie voice, and you go, ah! Yeah. Well, no, she was. But no, uh, she had that. Oh, my God. She was. Luscious, she she was, had that luscious eagle man voice. She was. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what a shame she died so young. I mean, uh, Elizabeth Taylor, on the other hand, lived forever. But um, boy, first was... Playboy fold-out, baby. Yeah, she was. Yep, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. She made a calendar, uh, calendar she photo was the calendar shoot. Girl, and, uh, yeah, and they bought uh, bought that. So let's see uh, what's going on. Uh, um, BLM did not burn cities. Thugs did. Uh, simple-minded people. Want to blame BLM for uh, urban thugs? Not good. Well, with BLM signs and flags everywhere, uh, I'm a little suspect of who was there. Yeah, and your vice president didn't bail uh, raise money to bail these people out of out of jail, you know, for committing these crimes. You know, what 450 uh, riots and burnings, yeah, and you know, five billion dollars in destruction. Not one person, federally or in state, has mm -hmm. been prosecuted. Wow. Yeah. That's just because they're all, guess what, minorities. Yeah. Uh, or as many, they say at the border, getaways. Yeah. How many drag shows have you attended? You seem to know a lot about them. Well, it's my job to know a lot about them. I've, I've attended hundreds, maybe thousands of drag queen shows. So I, I've only I've only done it twice. Um, I on trips uh, yeah. to Florida and and uh, going to Miami for a business trip or a convention. Uh, both both trips, uh, you know, as a laugh, we went to walk down, you know, the streets and yeah. and we went into a number of different nightclubs and a couple of them were were gay clubs where they had mm -hmm. these women, you know, performing. And mm -hmm. I have to tell you. It, it, it's regrettable to make this comment, but to me personally, they're really ugly, Thomas. I mean, mm -hmm. none of these yeah. people are attractive at all. Wow. Jello <laughs> on springs, but it's not sexual. Well, if Tony Curtis had seen Jack Lemon walking away and said Jello <laughs> on springs, that would be sexual, <laughs> I think. So. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I think I don't. Know. I didn't yeah, like to I see what year that was made, but it was made in the forties or fifties. That yeah, was it was somewhere on the fifties. I think black and white, yeah. classic movie. Oh yeah, Barbie voice so insulting to women who can't help their voice. So Republican of you. Well, no, it's, a, in, it's just in reference to Barbie's voice. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, men. Okay. You know, some men have really deep voices. And then some men have effeminate voices. I mean, yeah. it's, just, it's just a call. It's not an insult. Yeah. The socialist dream, you will own nothing and you will be happy. <laughs> That's it, yeah. 
All of these actions I, are part well, of... Yeah, I think the word's happy less. Yeah. All of these actions are part of an agenda to destroy our culture and replace it with a socialist dream. Which, which would be, you know, an interesting thing because without our culture, without our economy, without our consumer interest, the whole world would collapse. There wouldn't be yeah. a world economy. There'd yeah. be no trade. Mm-hmm. You, you know, all the major systems that create the, the 21st century and the first world would be gone. I, I mean, it's sort of a, sort of an interesting consideration. Yeah. Uh, you did not see a BLM sign break into a business. You assume because they were black, they were BLM. Nice. That's not true. No. That's not true at all. There, there was all there, there were all kinds of riots where they, you know, where they painted BLM or spray painted it on doors and windows and walls and. And there were people plenty of white people uh, going in there and taking stuff yeah, as well. So yeah. yeah. So, nope, that dog won't hunt. <laughs> so. <laughs> so the eagle man has spoken. <laughs> That's it. America is not divided by race, color, gender, or sexual orientation. America is divided by intelligent people and fools, and the fools divide themselves by race, color, gender, and sexual orientation. Amen to that. I would say that's true. They should Twitter that. Yeah, why we we don't need an all-lives-matter school uh, situation. Uh, I don't know. uh, Well, the amazing thing is that having these kids do this is probably because they couldn't read it. Yeah. I hate, that's true. I hate to say that, but that's yeah. what's going on in your inner cities. Yeah. Uh, Shane mocked people, women with mar- Barbie voices. Well, only if they have Barbie voices. Just making a comparison to, in the yeah. incredible voice that Marilyn Monroe had. That's Amen. all yeah. I, I, I wasn't, this wasn't meant to attack <laughs> women or women in general. Yeah. Just back in the eighties, when my kids were watching cartoons, and they had a Barbie cartoon, and and she came on with this spiky type voice, and yeah. it was like, oh, that's it, it was just it was too sharp. Didn't like it. That's all. That's yeah. all I'm saying. It's a choice. So, uh, so if I said something about uh, Kamala's voice uh, and laugh, uh, that would be mocking women. Well, they they probably would say so, but who who wouldn't want to mock Camilla with her laugh <laughs> for the for no reason? I mean, she just or Hillary, you know, uh, either one, or you know, fine. I, I I love buses. <laughs> what what I mean? <laughs> I hated riding a bus. It wasn't fun at yeah. all. I did you ride Did you ride a bus? No. Well, you, you oh you did the mile or two mile walk and yeah the, I had to no yeah. sleep and well. Hell, I walked to school. It was up, uh, it was uphill both ways. Yeah, and 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 you had cardboard in your shoes because they had holes yeah, in. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, yeah. It was this was not good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's because you played too much basketball. You, that was you it. Wore the shoes yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. You wore, wore the, shoes. the shoes out. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Please tell me what socialist par- uh, policy has been proposed. Well, paying off uh, student loans oh. for one. Uh, I mean, that's okay. Even yeah. even crazy Bernie hasn't proposed uh, pure socialism. Of course he has. He's he's a socialist. I was he's gonna say about- he he admits he's uh, he has 
The guy spent his honeymoon in Moscow. Come on. Uh, Blaine. He, he sits as an <laughs> independent and votes Democrat. I mean. Anyway. Uh, I remember remember when he ran for president in 16 and you and I were laughing and giggling about how, how does a guy who sits uh, who claims himself as an independent then want to wants to compete in democratic primaries yeah. when he's not a democrat <laughs> yeah there you <laughs> <It's> go <great. laughs> to Wong Fu thanks for the memories Julie Newmar Patrick Swayze and Wesley Snipes in drag but Wesley and uh, and uh Patrick weren't kissing each other and slapping each other on the butts and uh, shaking their butt at everybody. So, yeah. So, happy Texas to you, too. Yeah. So, yeah. Sorry. Can't do that. Blaming BLM for breaking into businesses won't hunt. Sure it will. Show a picture of someone wearing a BLM shirt breaking into a business. You can't. They were black, and your racist self assumes they were BLM. I assume uh, some of them were BLM. Uh, I assume a lot of them uh, uh, got behind the BLM movement. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, listen, you know, in 1996, probably one of the neatest, greatest comedies, The Birdcage. Uh -huh. I mean, and, and this, yeah. this was about a drag queen mm -hmm. uh, yeah. cup, uh, club, uh, uh, cabaret, yeah. owned by two... Uh, you know, a great, you know, great actors, and they, I mean the the the. Uh, oh, I gotta go. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> and I and I want to tell everyone, thank you very much for listening. I love you guys. I love you, Tom. And uh, be happy, be safe, live in the moment, and live to work. Because you want to get up every day and do what you love to do that day. All so right, even I'm come home to your family with a smile on your face. All right. Coming up next, uh, we're going to be talking with uh, Scott Sales and uh, and uh, Steve White. <laughs> I'll get it in a minute. I'm I'm uh, in bad shape. We'll be right back with more right after this. Stay tuned. Eight minutes after the hour of 10 a.m. Mountain Time, it's Saturday, March 4th, 2023. Tom Eagle up your Saturday morning mayor of the house. Uh, joining me, uh, former county commissioner Steve, it's not my road white. <laughs> you still remember that, don't you? I still remember that. <laughs> it never leaves you. It's not your road. You're, you're uh, just, what an excuse. Well, you kept what asking a... questions about roads. What I can you, I say? I, I, every time I see a congressional person testify, <laughs> it's not my deal. <laughs> not my deal. <laughs> I wasn't, dude. It was the president before me. That's right. And uh, former president of the Senate, Scott Sales, uh, is with us as well. And guys, uh, the the Montana legislature reached the halfway point yesterday, I believe. And we're safe till next Thursday. They're, yeah, they're taking a little bit yeah. of a break. To uh, I don't know why, uh, <laughs> but anyway. Well, boy, um, I'll tell you, this session um, yeah. it was mind-boggling for yeah. the number of bills that they they introduced into this session. I mean, they put in inter, uh, requests for forty-six hundred and twenty-two bills. Wow! And Do we have the favorite pancake or the there. favorite toilet paper. Well, I tell you, if, Tom, if you go back to two thousand and fifteen, yeah. and I've I've looked at them back away, uh, and it's twenty-four hundred and seventy-one bills then. Yeah. And just last session, it was, only, it was 3,367. Only 3,367? Only 3,367, oh Scott. And then, but they were a bunch of underachievers. 
Unbelievable. You got legislators over there that have put in over 200 bill requests. And but wow. the good news is of the 4,400 bill requests, 1,413 became bills. So there's a bunch that didn't. So yeah. the poor drafters and such that thought they had a lot more to work on. I was going to say somebody has to write these. Well, right? yeah, the, they've the got the person staff bringing people it there. doesn't doesn't write the bills. Yeah, that's the so. problem. Some yeah. bureaucrats it's, somewhere yeah, in the you basement. Just, you just it. nailed it right on the head. There's a group of lawyers and bill writers and economists and very well-paid staff that's called Legislative Services Division that has continuously grown over the years, and they're like the genie in the bottle. Yeah. These legislators come in. They don't do any of this bill writing. They just rub their hands. Yeah. I want 50 bills. I want this to do that, do that, do that. And these people mm-hmm. write the bills for them, and unfortunately a lot of them get up before the committee they don't know what their bill does because they didn't have any they really didn't participate in it in it with yeah. the, uh with the exclusion of the idea it's really sad yeah well and they're so long too because they take into okay it's got to be this and this and this and then it uh refer to this a statute over here and refer to that statute over there and well and then the amazing thing is like scott says the amount of work that goes into even writing all these bills um as of transmittal deadline, which was Friday, mm-hmm. 389 were killed. So now you're down to 1,124 that are on the other side. But still, mm-hmm. you have a lot of bills that are tax-related and aren't subject to the transmittal deadline. So they're just mm-hmm. flying along. So yeah. it's, uh, But it is frustrating. And, and indeed, if there weren't so many bill requests, I don't know if they would have a good reason to ramp up the number of people that are, have to be employed to write them. Well, I'm going to tell you, you're, you're, the, the, <laughs> I've been really disappointed in the legislature. And this has come from somebody that has watched the legislature mm. for 20 years. I mean, intimately watched it. And somebody that served at a fairly high level. Well, Speaker of the House for and President of the years. Senate, that's yeah. pretty high. Yeah. yeah. And you've been, you've been I, as high as you can go. If this is what a supermajority means for mm. Republicans, I don't want one anymore. I mean, it's yep. just, it, I hate to say that. These people, they've shown no restraint, and they've allowed bills to pass that I think are really bad legislation for that that uh, those of us that served in much smaller majorities or even in the minority mm-hmm. were able to uh, extinguish. And, you know, don't get me started, but I guess we are started. So yeah, we- <laughs> that's what we're here for. Well, one of, the, one of the big ones that we just reported on earlier, Montana legislatures passed bills totaling over $1 billion in tax relief for rebates for uh, uh, state residents. Uh, Jim Forty said Thursday he's looking forward to signing it. Uh, 1250 tax rebate for individual income tax payers and up to 1000 property tax rebate over the next two years. Well, that your, is, those are, that's the highlight. Resident. Yeah, that, that's yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, that's an um, excellent it, bill. Yeah, it, it's think. our money, and I'd like to get my share of it back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, well, and this is just a small portion of it. Yeah. I mean, right now the the, the uh, estimate is two point five billion bucks, and I hear the next one's going to come out north of three hundred or three three billion. It's just mm-hmm. it, the tax revenues are just going out of sight. I was going to say, shouldn't Washington be down here perched on uh, Jim Forty's desk to figure out what the hell's going no, on? No, 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 no. They're going to go the other way. Well, they don't want to know, know about honestly, this. Honestly, a lot of it has to do with this largest that's come from Washington. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it, uh, well, they're also going to reduce the tax rate from 6.5 to 5.9. So that'll help uh, mm-hmm. uh, with this inflation situation. That's going to be on the 2024 20, tax bill. 
yep. or tax year, I should say. So, um, yeah, they're talking, and they're paying off $125 million in uh, bonded debt. So That'll save the taxpayer about $40 million bucks a year. Yeah. So, and then uh, another thing that's, that's good is uh, business equipment tax that should away, went away in 2005, mm-hmm. but uh, Governor uh, Schweitzer had a, a deal with one Republican, and then we lost him. And uh, because if, uh, Steve probably remembers that we had a trigger to, get, to yep. totally eliminate yep. business equipment tax if you hit certain milestones financially. Yeah. And we hit those in 05. And then, uh, unfortunately, the legislature, not me included, uh, along with the governor, reneged on that deal. And uh, we got we've, we've been stuck with a 3% mm-hmm. uh, business equipment tax. It's getting raised to a, though a million-dollar threshold. So if, you're, yeah. if you have business equipment below a million bucks— uh, you won't have to pay on that any longer. Mm-hmm. And I think that's about, I think it was 100000 when GM Forte came in, so we've made great progress on that. Yeah. No, so we're, this is we're in good shape. Yeah, because I, I don't think uh, we have too many businesses that have that. Uh, the construction companies would, of course. Uh, they'd have more than a million. Exxon, Mobil, uh, Northwestern like Energy, yeah. the big utilities. Sure. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're getting, but believe it or not, a million bucks sounds like a lot, but... If you run a fairly good, decent-sized farm operation, you have a combine, mm-hmm. a big air seeder, you you're, have you're a, well over a million, and a, a couple of big a, tractors, you're well over a million bucks. Yeah, you're going to have a million pretty easily. Yeah. So that'll that'll help the farmers a little bit at yeah. least. Uh, some of them. They'll still pay some, but yeah. but uh, maybe not as much. Uh, now, can they take the uh, – so let's say they got uh, $10 million in combines and tractors and whatever else they've got. Uh, can they um, put that – a million against that, yeah. So and then so just pay it, right. above a million, right? So that should help. Uh, that should help farmers out as well. So that that's my help. understanding. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the other uh, the other bill that's raised some uh, interest is the uh, school choice. Um, the teachers unions and everybody are just inundating my cell phone <laughs> with. Uh, they want to take retirement funds away. They want to take this away. They want to take that away. And uh, you know, I I think. Parents ought to have the choice of if they want to send a kid to a private school and and that that school offers a better education than what they get locally. Uh, I I think for the most part our schools have been pretty good here in in Bozeman, well, certainly in Livingston. This session this has been a weird deal over there. Yeah. Um, there are two school choice bills that are of significance, and they're basically charter schools. Uh, one is House Bill five forty nine, and the other is House Bill five sixty two. And I've never, I don't know, Scott has probably more experience in seeing how things develop on the floor, but I don't remember two competing bills that really are competing in terms of uh, how they're designed to operate. Um, The 549 is a charter school bill that is going to take public money, A and B money, and it's going to uh, basically allow for there to be some privatization, but yet there's oversight by the Board of Education and the and uh, OPI, et cetera, and they're all under Title 20, which is education title and statute. But then you have a competing bill, House Bill 562, which is uh, kind of the same, but the way it's designed is that it's going to take public money, A and B money, to, for the purposes of instructing the children, but it's not. it purposely says that it's not subject to Title 20, it's not subject to Board of Education, it's not subject to OPI, it's uh, maybe going to be audited by the uh, interim education committee, which is kind of an odd thing to do. But uh, 
you're going to, so you have one bill that's going to take public money with really no accountability. The other bill, <clears throat> excuse me, is going to be with uh, accountability. And I would have thought one or the other would have failed, but they've both passed. They're both out of the House and on their way to the Senate. The talk is, is the reason they're both alive is they're going to leave them, at least the idea is leave them both alive, even though they don't, aren't mean managed the same way. And then they get all the way through the Senate. But then since you have two bills with competing uh, 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 concepts, they're going to probably throw them into a conference committee and put together something that melts them together somehow. Um, it's odd. That's all I can say. It's, well, it's not It's not totally unheard of. I, I've seen... It's a lot of work. Uh, yeah, I've seen other, other subject matters where they'll have two competing bills go through the process. And one of them was in 2019 where you had uh, two bills that legalized sports gambling. Oh, that's right. And they made it all the way through. In fact, they both passed both bodies. And then the uh, governor, which was Bullock at the time, um, vetoed one and signed the other. So it does happen, but it is a, it is somewhat odd. Okay. Uh, Scott, we had a question I asked, her, asked you earlier. Uh, can you ask Scott if he's seen a uh, bill that would take the wind out of the sails of the non-elected uh, county health department that did so much damage with COVID? And, and, uh, yeah, that bill actually passed in the previous legislature in 2021. Mm -hmm. They put significant side uh, boards around these boards of health and also made them report to the elected county official, which I, you know, would be the uh, county commissioners. So, um, mission accomplished. I don't know of any bill this session that would change what is currently in current no. law, which, mm -hmm. which accomplishes basically what I think the caller is looking for. There might've been some bill requests, but, um, a lot of times those aren't introduced if they don't think they've got much chance to pass. So right. if they yeah, want I haven't to seen reverse anything. that. Right. Yeah, with forty five hundred bills, there's probably just about every subject imaginable oh. out there. I you mean, can't believe yeah. how many bills say general modification to taxes, mm -hmm. general modification to education. Yeah, it's just, all generally revise anything. Generally, yeah. I mean, revise, hell, there's probably I mean, thirty bills out there to generally revise gambling laws. Yeah, I mean, there's just there, <laughs> yeah. there's a plethora of bills and on then every you subject never, matter. And then you never really know who's going to introduce the bills because what they'll do is that somebody will put the introduction in. And then all of a sudden, there's another person that's going to carry it. And the yeah. the thing that, and not maybe Scott and I have some disagreement on this, is that a lot of the bills that you see on that list come from interim committees. And I am not a fan of interim committees at all. Why would I disagree with that? I don't know. I've never <laughs> talked to you about it. I wasn't going to say that you did before. No, I get rid of the interim committees. <laughs> Thank you. <Yeah. laughs> we have two anti-interim committee people here. But no, they, a lot of people do not realize that, yes, our legislature meets every other year for 90 days. But what mm -hmm. they don't realize is that there's a ton of work going on on a monthly basis by selected uh, legislators. And some of these inner committees are, um, even though you have a high majority, say, of Republicans, uh, the inner committees are composed of senators and representatives of equal party representation. Regardless of the partisan makeup of the legislature. Absolutely. I fought against mm -hmm. that for my whole time. However... There is a bill this time to change that. I think I did see that. Yep. Yeah. So I, I don't know how much traction it's gotten. and uh, But uh, I, I hear it, it's going to probably make it through the, the system. And it, so that the interim committees will finally, with the exception of legislative council, which is the oversight, um, which typically leadership of both parties serves on, that one will remain 50-50. And the audit committee, which I think should be 50-50, because that looks at what you know government is doing 
and, mm-hmm. you know, shouldn't be partisan. Um, those two committees will remain 50-50. The balance of them, I hear, are going to ma- reflect the makeup of the legislature. Well, and it, it really, the expectation of voters across Montana is that if, yes, if we send more Republicans to Helena, then they have a majority, and sure. the Republicans control the committees. They are the chairman of the committees. You get into the interim committees. 50-50 chairs. Uh, I, yeah, there's Democrats that are chair of those committees. And and they represent 30% of the legislature. Right, and it's <laughs> it, it's mind-boggling, yeah. and nobody knows that they're meeting, and they're not passing laws. What they're doing is they're pushing forward legislation that will go to the next session, but it comes in with a lot of horsepower yeah. because, oh, well, this was already debated in the interim, and so we're kind of already done messing with it, so we're just going to proceed yeah. and pass it. The citizens have no idea that some of this stuff has been going on. Well, and back to the legislative services, why the other thing why I'm not a big fan of the interim is the interim exists, in my opinion, to justify all these LSD jobs yeah, for right. the other 20 yeah. months. Yeah. Because you wouldn't need them if you didn't have these interim committees. Yeah. But that, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. um, I understand that uh, they're going to hire about 23 new full-time equivalents for uh, legislative services this go around. Wow. Can you believe that? 23 wow. new. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, yeah. yeah. If you're just joining us, we're talking with uh, a former county commissioner, Steve White, and uh, president of the Senate, Speaker of the House, Scott Sales, um, both uh, former uh, folks big in government. No. <laughs> What they're talking about, supposedly. Yeah. <laughs> at, least, at least they know more than I do. We'll take so. no questions. <laughs> uh, one of the questions, um, uh, before the election, I had both Democrats uh, and Republicans in. Surprisingly, the Democrats did come in awesome. and talk to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, uh, and uh, some of them actually got elected. So, um, But anyway, uh, one of the things I asked them all about the surplus you know, should it go back? Should it go property tax? Should it be returned to the uh, people? And one of our texters, four seven eight eight two nine eight, how about instead of sending money back, squirrel it away for the recession? Uh, Shane keeps telling us it's coming, and revenue will be will be lower. Uh, we have a, a, a sort of a surplus fund, do we not, Scott, of some kind? That well, we've we... got a bunch of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, 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 well, I know just... we got the coal trust fund and some yeah. other things. Well, but... I'm going to date myself. So yeah. when I came in in 2002, which has been over 20 years ago, well, um, the budget was probably half of what it is now. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't know. I think it was around $5 billion, $6 billion over the biennium. This one's probably going to be somewhere between 12 and $14 billion. But anyway, uh, the, the if my memory serves me, and I think this is pretty accurate, there, there, there was a we would end the session with about a thirty million dollar ending fund balance. So that was it. I mean, that was all the money there was to in the event there was a shortfall or something. There was no fire uh, fire fund. Now there's a big, huge fire fund with millions, if not hundreds of millions. You got this stabilization fund that came in in 2017. That was pushed by, I think, the Pew Charitable Trusts were the ones that organized this very conservative organization, I might add, uh, that, that has hundreds of millions. Of those. So there is money already stuck in a myriad of different places, and they're going to put a lot more, it appears, in the session. Because mm-hmm. if you look at a $3.5 billion budget, and they're, we're going to get the way, and I think there'll be more to come, but right now it looks like we're going to get about a billion back of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to grow government probably about 
uh, I think on just the general fund around 5%, which is probably about what inflation is or probably less than inflation. So yeah. it's around but, six right now, I think. Yeah, if you I believe thought, that. Yeah. And then they're, they're sticking the rest of this money into a lot of these funds for a rainy date. Mm -hmm. it, that sounds good, but I'm going to disagree with your friend Shane and mm -hmm. as a, a person that's been a little bit involved in this. And the reason why is when you don't have a lot of money laying around in Helena, mm -hmm. you actually take a critical look at what you're doing. Yeah. But if you have hundreds of millions of dollars and you have a little bit of a shortfall and you can just, this money's fungible, you can take it out of one pot and put it in another and move it around, you never really take a look. Are we really getting what we should out of Medicaid expansion? Are we really mm -hmm. getting what we uh, should out of all these additional monies that we're putting into corrections or education or uh you know, mm -hmm. lo and behold, the 22 people that they're hiring or 23 people are hiring at legislative services. But if it's on autopilot and you have a lot of extra money, then the legislature doesn't do its job, in my opinion, yeah. as well as if as if the money's short. Yeah. When the money's short, you make better decisions. You make really bad decisions when you're spending somebody else's money, typically. Yeah. And that was the case of the, uh, when I was the county commissioner. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> we always kind of laughed when we uh, go into their budget cycle when we really were short mm -hmm. of money and had to make some tough decisions. And if that that was really a lot easier. Yeah. It's, oh, it is. It's when you have a, a whole pile of money sitting there and now everybody knows about it and they show up and they they've all want part of it. And it's hard to say no because it's there. It's there. Yeah. You know, it's just, well, what do you mean? Well, what do you mean? Yeah. You know, the taxes are there. The, the taxpayers have said they want us to have the money. And so why don't you give it to us? And it's uh, it's tough. But the it, easiest sessions by far of the eight I served in and from a leadership standpoint were when we were broke. Yep. The yeah. toughest ones are when you have yep. hundreds of millions or billions of dollars of excess revenue. Yep. Those are difficult. And and the tough part is too is that if you if you're not careful and you hand out money and and set up new departments and grow government when times are good, all of a sudden times aren't good and you grew government and now the only way to you can keep that government going unless you shrink it is yeah. to raise taxes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. uh that's that's all bad. Yeah. Uh, I was at our salary uh, commission oh, right. uh, this week. You're hanging in there. Uh, yeah, I am hanging in there. <laughs> I roped you into that, and <laughs> yeah, you thought you there was term limits, and, and there stuck wasn't. there ever since, yeah. <laughs> uh, we, our recommendation was 10% to elected officials, 12% to the sheriff. Now, I seriously don't think the commission is probably going to go for that. I don't know. They've been raising their salaries for the, I think, oh, seven have. to ten percent over the last four years. Yeah. Well, this time, you know, I I told them, you know, I got a nice eight percent on my Social Security, and right. I'm, I'm officially off top ramen now. So, <laughs> you know, but, but but it doesn't matter what we'd like to give them. You know, we'd like to give them as much as we can, but there's there's only so much in the budget, and as you point out, raising taxes is the only way to. Well, uh, digressing into the county issues, yeah. uh, the problem you have with that committee is that the uh, sheriff deputies are attached to it. They are, yeah, and that's so the problem. Yeah. You, to give the deputies a raise, you have to give all the elected officials a raise. Right. So it's, yeah, there's a yeah, we just pro there. we just propose to give the deputies more right? because comparatively they're not paid as well as some of the other uh, municipalities. Right. So... All right, if you just join us, we're talking with Scott Sales uh, and uh, Steve White, and uh, we're talking about the Montana legislature, and we're going to continue that conversation after the break. So if you'd like to be a big 
part of that, uh, 406-522-TALK is the number. Or you can text us at 478-8298. Or our app chat line on AM 1450 KMMS on your smartphone. And we will return in spite of your cards, letters, and phone calls right after this. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, 27 minutes before the top of the hour. It's Saturday. It's March 4th. It's 2023. It's Hug a GI Day, and it's uh, National <laughs> Grammar Day, too. So you happy, guys need to watch Happy Grammar it. Day. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> how I reached the pinnacle of my success. So... <laughs> Happy, uh, happy to have you guys here. Uh, Steve, Thank you. Uh, former uh, County Commissioner Steve White is with us, and uh, former Speaker of the House and President of the Senate Scott Sales is with us as well. And, uh, well, um, abortion, we should probably raise that ugly head. I, I don't think anything's going to happen with that because our Constitution— uh, we'd have to change the Constitution, I believe, would we not, Scott? If uh... well, I don't think you need a constitutional change, but you'd you'd need a different ruling from the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. and uh, that put into you know a fact that uh, abortion is covered under our uh, privacy portion mm-hmm. of the Constitution. Yeah. And that's I think a, it is that's their interpretation. That that yeah. wouldn't be mine. Well, what but, they, but yeah. considering they're the you know the Supreme yeah. uh, Court. Um, until that changes, I don't think you're gonna um, you're gonna make a lot of headway there. I, I'd like to know well, Steve's opinion on that. Yeah, from no, what I, I agree. well, from what I re- what I read, we have a pretty strong uh, abortion protection, if you want to call it that. Uh, currently, uh, well, there were some bills that some were bills introduced, introduced yeah. and they yeah. were killed. Uh, yeah. There, there was one for the Montana Reproductive Health Act, and that was Senate Bill four thirty seven, and then. Then there was another one that was HB 432, which is Codify Abortion Access, and that also died. Um, it's uh, And then also the one that really got me was HB 570, which was provide civil penalty for interfering with abortion access. I mean, that's just total attack on your First Amendment. Yeah. I'd like to back up real quick when you were talking about salaries a little bit. And oh, yeah, I want to sure. ding on the legislature a little yeah. bit more. Um, there was two bills that, uh, one that sailed through, I couldn't believe, with almost no opposition, yeah, which was exactly. to raise per diem from 120, like five bucks a day up to like 170, 175. That's what you get as a legislator to live on when you're in Helena. On it's, top of what they pay you for your salary. Yeah. And the salary's a pittance. But, where you really make your money is in per diem and it's non-tax. So they're basically getting themselves an extra 50 bucks a day. That's almost $5,000 over the interim. Mm -hmm. It, they weren't hurting before. Um, So, and that's held through without any, hardly any public opposition or I I just couldn't believe it. Is that inflation? Do you think? Well, it far exceeds any, any inflation that I know of. I mean, it's thirty percent, yeah, roughly. Does that carry through to the interim More than things 30. that they have to that they're involved in? So, no. Oh, it's just for the session. Just, just for okay. the, uh, but but still, it's a substantial amount of money. And then there's another bill out there to uh, then double their pay. Currently, they they, mm-hmm. they do need a pay increase. They didn't need a per diem increase. Yeah. They should have gone to the five-state average that all elected officials in Montana currently participate in, where you get paid the average of what North Dakota, South Dakota, Wyoming, Idaho, Montana make. That's what, like, mm-hmm. the governor gets and the secretary of state and the PSC. Yeah. They should have done that for the legislature, too. Instead, they just said, oh, well, 
we need, we need a pay increase. We're just going to basically double it. So there's a bill out there. I don't know if it's going to get traction or not. They're going to go uh, basically pay like 25000 bucks now for a legislator, which is probably almost double what they're currently getting. Wow. So uh, I don't know. I it, 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 And these things are going through the legislature, so lickety-split, without any very little opposition. Mm-hmm. It's been quite uh, disheartening for me to watch a lot of what's happened. Yeah. Anyway. Well, well, the other the other uh, big point I want to want to cover here before we um, in our last segment, right to work. Every state borders us as a right to work state. We are not right with a super majority of Republicans. Is this possible that we might become a right to work? No, state? not this session. And in fact, they had a blast motion in the House and I yeah. think it got less than 30 votes. Yeah. I mean, wow. it was unbelievable. This, we we used to have a blast motion and get down near 50. Not quite. Now they're down to where less than 30 people voted for right to work out of the last motion wow. out of the committee. Yeah. So the bill had a hearing. It got killed in committee. They tried to bring it to the House floor. They couldn't even get 30 votes. Is what I heard. You know, it's in it always a high risk game to, when you try for the blast motion, because a lot of times those committees kill bills. And by killing them in the committee, the the le- non-committee members that are on the floor they don't have to go on record of how they would have done with uh, they would have voted for against yeah. that bill. But when you go for a blast commit a blast vote, they they have to expose the, right. how they believe about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's more than one bill that has died in the committee just to protect uh, the the vote on the floor. Yeah, it it just happens. So, yeah. but no, that's well, that's too bad. I I've been in two unions in my life. They do a lot of good things, but. Um, have you ever gone to the Have you ever gone to the hearings on the right to work bills? I have not. It's uh, uh, quite had, an event. Yeah, I've yeah, had the right to work people on the it, on with me. It's a big. Before. It's uh, they're big. The, yeah, the, I mean they're huge. Well, yeah. I've always been right to work. To me, I, I and I'm not opposed to unions, but I'm I'm opposed to compulsory union mm-hmm. membership. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want to join a union on your own free will? Do it. Yeah. Organize. Represent. What do whatever you want. But I don't think a person should be compelled to do it without their without their consent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the two things I didn't like, no matter how hard I worked, I couldn't get a raise because it wasn't in the contract. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're you're working just hard enough not to get fired. Yeah. And um, you know, the other thing was you're you were compelled to join the union whether you wanted to or not. That's right. extra money out of your out of your yeah. take home pay. Um, and and they do things that uh, yeah. politically that um, some of the members don't like. Well, that's mm-hmm. that's the yeah. other thing too. But you know, so many unions have gone to private uh, public unions like school teachers and oh, yeah. county employees and things. It's like by far that. the largest group now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and why do those why do those people need protection from me? That's right. You know, what am I going to do? Am I going to ask the teacher to teach more and, and take a less? Am I, well, I going to ask the police officer? Well, it's a little known fact to... that actually public employees don't have to, that they can opt out now. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little different for the public employees. Well, yeah. good. Well, but no, I don't think anybody's doing it. I don't think anybody even knows about it. We had a bill that got killed, another bill in this uh, labor area, that would have made the unions have to sign their people up every year. Mm-hmm. And now they're just automatically in unless you opt out. Uh, this would have changed the law where you had to opt in every year. And I like opt in better than opt out. It's kind of like all the stuff that you get charged for on your uh, when you go to register your car. Right. Yeah. There's a whole pile of stuff, oh, uh, state, yeah, state parks, parks and stuff that if you don't know about, you just get you get charged for it. They don't even tell you. Yeah, it's an opt out. Yeah, it's an opt out. But if you're, and then you if have you're, to subtract if you know it enough, from the you amount. can say, hey, you can take this $15 <laughs> off my uh, right. Or it might be more than that now because there's quite a few of them. 
that where you say, I don't want any of this stuff, and they'll take it off your bill. But right. you have to know about it. So yeah. I like opt-in, not opt-out. Yeah. But unfortunately, that bill died too. A couple of bills that died that um, I, I was glad to see die, actually. Uh, they were Senate Joint Resolutions and a House Joint Resolution. One was Senate Joint Resolution 2, and that was a resolution for an Article 5 U.S. Constitutional Convention of the States, and that was for the purpose of dealing with a balanced budget at a federal level. And then, uh, and that would have been a resolution for us to join other states in calling for a, a uh, Article 5 Constitution of the States. The other was H.J. Uh, 5, same deal, it's just that it was for term limits. Both of those failed. Actually, the, the S.J. 2 succeeded in second reading and died on a tie vote in third reading. And the Constitution of the, the Convention of the States uh, is one way that you can call for a, a convention, but it's never been done. We've had 27 amendments all done through the, the, the normal uh, convention process. Submitted by the, by Submitted the Congress. Submitted by the Congress, not by the states. And there were some very, there was some very compelling uh, testimony that demonstrated that, you know, this, you might be getting something you don't want. And as a result, uh, the legislature uh, killed it. The thing that is weird, though, there's uh, Senate Bill 211 that actually sets up the mechanics for a, when a, a convention is called for, how you're going to elect the, your representatives, et cetera. Makes no sense that that would continue on when the two bills that addressed died. That would be called code clutter in my, in That's my world. big code clutter. <laughs> and, Don't need it. <laughs> no, and you know what's going to happen, Scott, is that if they ever did succeed with calling, you know, the SJ or HJs that they, for a convention of the states, that they'd go back and revisit that law and there'd be a bill to amend it. I mean, more than likely. Oh, yeah. Depend, yeah, absolutely. Depending on who's in the <laughs> They're not going to take what the 2023 session said and utilize that. No. Uh, so they really should just, you know, uh, hmm. quietly kill this uh, Senate Bill 211 because it doesn't make any sense. I agree with you. We'll see that. So. All right. It's rare, but I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, how about that? If you're just joining us, the rowdy uh, duo I have. In I'm sorry. <laughs> County Commissioner, former County Commissioner Steve White and uh, Speaker of the House and President of the Senate Scott Sales are with us. And. Another bill, uh, folks, uh, uh, that is out there, prohibit minors from attending drag shows. That's uh, House Bill 359. And uh, we've also got one about uh, House Bill 540, eliminate certain gender sex requirements for party committee representatives, I guess. Why? Those have both gone through. uh, They made the transmittal deadline. Mm-hmm. And indeed, the the House Bill 540, which is the gender sex requirements for party committee representation, presently the I don't Demo- know what that is. Well, here's what it is. It's, uh, <laughs> That's this why is he's what, here. It's, yeah. He's not just well, a pretty face. I know face. one or two things, <laughs> uh, but no. Presently, as you well know, uh, the Democrats and the Republicans, their parties, uh, their the workers of the parties are the state are the committee man and the committee uh, right. woman of each precinct. What this bill does is eliminate the need to have a male and a female. You could have two guys in uh, a state or gender a, neutral, gender neutral. And so if it, for ever, you've always had to seek out a, a, a 
guy that wants to be a, a committee person for that precinct, and then you had to seek out a, a, a female. And now it's it they want to remove that, and it sailed into uh, across. Who, who's the sponsor? Hopkins. Oh, I'll be darned. Mm. And then, the, and then the other one was what was that? The, oh, the drag shows. That's mm-hmm. uh, HB three fifty nine, and, yeah. and that uh, made it through pretty much on party line vote, and uh, that was that is now in the Senate, so it made it past the. And there's a deadline. youth protection act also, uh, Senate Bill ninety nine, uh, sponsored by Fuller. So yeah, that's that is. Uh, I don't know all the details to it. Um, but it is a uh, a bill that really uh, deals with I think the uh, gender change etc. And so uh, that also uh, has made it out of the Senate into the House based upon uh, uh, you know a party line. So mm-hmm. and then another bill too that I was really disappointed to see fail actually, and it was. Um, Senate Bill 337 by Manzella, and it was to establish the Family Rights and Responsibilities Act, and really was a parents' rights um, bill. And it had a great hearing. There was a lot of people there in favor of it across the state. And uh, on the last day of the session, uh, before the transmittal, it passed second reading 27 to 23, which is not party line. And then that that would be... Well, no, right. There'd be Republicans voting against it. Correct. And then they uh, suspended the rules, I believe is how they do it, to have third reading the same day. Right. So they did, because uh, the Senate got done one day ahead of the House, and it died on a 2020, 25-25 vote, which was weird. Usually what happens is if it's a close vote on second reading, then third reading is the next day, and there's a little bit of lobbying that goes on. And for people that really want to see it not go... Then uh, you, the next day you can see some changes, but to see it mm-hmm. flop uh, with two votes, um, and on really, I was all of the uh, the senators in our area in the Gallatin County area. Uh, well, ex, uh, Senator Vance voted for it, but all the rest mm-hmm. voted against it, and uh, was pretty disappointed in that. Hmm. So it was a good bill. It, there's 15 other states that have that kind of uh, law. It deals with fundamental rights of parents. To direct the education of their children, etc., and it was it was uh, uh, well vetted, and it just uh, made it out of committee easily, well, pretty easily, and then but then it dies on the floor. And that would be the other senator sales voted against it. That'd be correct. I'll be dang. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's he, uh, senator sales voted against second reading and third reading. Sometimes you see them switch from second reading, and they'll vote the opposite on third reading. But in that case, mm. he he voted against it in both cases. So. Mm. Well, there's also a bill to revise the Uniform Commercial Code. That's Senate Bill 370, Fitzpatrick. And uh, is that the uh, income tax? Uh, no, actually, or? that's uh, digital uh, economy. That's uh, digital currency. Oh, okay. <clears throat> it's going along with the federal government, yeah. and um, it's a very, very long bill, and it really gets into the weeds. I, I have no idea how they can write something like that mm-hmm. or if they were given some— uh, This paves the way for it? Yes, uh, yes. Hey. So and Fitzpatrick's carrying it. So yes. the state, so the state can put money into cri- cryptocurrency as an investment. I don't know the details. I just I skimmed through it and I read some analysis on it, and it's it deals with the digital economy, and uh, it's uh, it's not a bill that uh, I I think is uh, going to be of uh, uh, it's not going to be good. 
it's it's and I would I would encourage people to uh, you know to dig into that it's Senate bill 370 as a head of hearing yeah it's mm-hmm. it, it it made it uh, from the Senate to the house what was the vote you know I'm not sure what the vote was on that I can uh, no, I show 30 32 to 18 yeah it, wow. it, 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 it uh, it's third reading passed 32 to 18. Uh, yeah, so, I'm gonna have to look so, into that one. Yeah. So, uh, and then there was a really kind of a little weird bill that passed that, uh, and it passed straight on party lines, and it was uh, Senator Bogner's bill, and I can't remember uh, the bill number, but it was, it basically turned the American system on its ear, which typically. The American government system has always been a negative force mm-hmm. where it says what you can't do. Yeah. And if it doesn't say you can't do it, you can do it, which is a lot better way of going about your life. Because if it isn't right. illegal, you can do it. Yeah. We don't want the government telling us every little thing that we can do. And this bill, and it wasn't that I disagreed with anything the bill did, other than it was all common sense. Like, uh, it's okay for, and it dealt with parents and parenting. And it was like, it's okay for you to let your kids ride their bikes to school. Yeah. It's okay for you to let your kids play at the park. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah. okay for your kids to do things unaccompanied by a parent if they're uh, of a certain maturity level. Mm-hmm. It's okay. I mean, it's just like, are you kidding me? Yeah. We're getting you know, to the point that <laughs> yeah. we're going to put into statute all these little simple things that uh, yeah. that you do as a parent. You know, I, 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 it was a bad move. And it passed 3416. Yeah. And it's a bad precedent when you start saying, yeah. government's going to tell you what you can and cannot do with your kids. Now, and they do, I mean, they, mm. to that degree. Yeah. I mean, it's just was to me the, health and it was the ultimate one thing, state. Health and safety is one thing, but I don't know. This, Back this was beyond anything I've ever else, seen yeah. before. And, and la- I wanted to, I just looked up that uh, Senate Bill 370 on the digital economy, and it's mm. 131 pages. So it's, oh. it's massive. It's it's massive, mm. and it amends tons of sections of law, and uh, it's yeah. I would encourage people to check that out because it's. Which one is that again? Senate Bill three seven zero. Three seven zero. Okay. Yeah. By Fitzpatrick. So it's. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Now, if you want to look up any of these bills, uh, <clears throat> Steve White has badbills.com. Badbills.com. Twentieth year. Twentieth year. You've been doing this. You. <laughs> Well, he had to do that when I came in. Yeah, I was going to say, I was just, just it just me reminded me, yeah, that yeah, says Scott Sales is going to be, yeah, Scott's going into the house. I better create bad deals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I've been dogging him ever since, but it outlived Scott's uh, terms yeah. over there. So, so I never of, had a bill that made it. Uh, you did not. Yeah, no, actually. I don't think so. I was looking for him, though. <laughs> you know, the, the thing that I admire about Scott when he was over there was that, um, this is a this is a person that did not introduce much legislation, yeah. <laughs> and and it would just I mean I it drives me crazy when you see, uh, and there are some legislators actually that are you know they were getting up all the time with a microphone because they've got a lot of bills, and but uh, Senator Sales never did that. So well, I always felt like my job was to kill bad bills, yeah. <laughs> not, so not to pass them. That's yeah. so uh, you know that was my claim to fame was I I. Uh, I, I did. I can say definitely there was a lot of legislation that never, never made it through right. the process. Well, uh, you had a lot of sessions where you just did like one mm-hmm. bill. Or none. Or none. Yeah. yeah. 
I only passed three bills in, in, in 16 years. The Chronicle used to make fun of me and say, you know, I was a you know, freeloader <laughs> and I, I didn't do anything. And, yeah. uh, you know, look at the code annotated. It sits on the shelf. It's, it's yep. over, I think it's three feet now. Yeah. I, I got all the laws I need to live my life by. I don't need any more. So that was my philosophy. <laughs> Yeah, so go over go over to badbills.com, uh, donate uh, while you're yeah, there. Why there not? Yeah, why not? <laughs> help us yeah, pay so the we can go to lunch. Yeah, help, help us pay the bills. I guess uh, I, uh, but you know. you know, one thing I, w- I would encourage people to, uh, to go to Bad Bills because there's a yeah. menu selection on the front page, mm-hmm. homepage, that is yeah. called Participate. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's the entire reason badbills.com even exists. And now, if there's been one positive out of the COVID world, mm-hmm. it's the fact that you can participate without driving to Helena. Yeah. And I've testified at quite a few hearings this session, mm-hmm. and I've never been to Helena yet. And it's all on Zoom. Mm-hmm. And you can send your testimony in digitally, or you can actually uh, mm-hmm. be on the Zoom. And they take time to mm-hmm. proponents that are in the room, proponents that are on Zoom, opponents in the room, opponents on Zoom. And you can send your uh, attachments related to your testimony, and they will be distributed to the committee. Um, that is great, and yeah. it's it's really been good. And and you're not treated like a second class uh, testifier because you're doing it yeah. on Zoom. They give a lot of respect. They'll ask you questions, mm-hmm. and then you can watch the entire hearing. Uh, they don't just cut you off. Yeah, it it works out great. And but if you do go over, I mean that's always good too. But but, yeah. Well, you're advocating for those 20-some people in uh, LSD right there, those employees. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's probably, well, you know, that is probably true. <laughs> I did, serious. Yeah, they, because they <laughs> they have an administrator for every single hearing that, that puts people into the testifying mode. Because you don't get to just sign up for Zoom and then it's the Wild West. Yeah. Uh, you have to click the button, raise your hand, and all of that. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. for me, it's... It's saved a lot of time, and, and yeah. especially during some of these storms we've had. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason that you can't participate. For so, sure. for people that are you know that don't like what's going on or want to support something that's going on, mm-hmm. um, yeah, your reasonings are pretty much eliminated unless you don't have a computer, then, yeah, or a car. Then well, uh, if you have trouble sleeping, you can watch the floor sessions or the hearings. <laughs> either one. So <laughs> there, now and then you might you catch can, a legislator yeah. that is sleeping. You, yeah. can, you can contact your legislature. Uh, you can look up a bill. Uh, you know, or, a real said you can participate. So and incredibly, uh, I think, and Scott can weigh in on this too. I think a very effective way to communicate to the legislators that it's, if it's a bill that's coming onto the floor is that they have a, a link, and you can get to it on Bad Bills, that allows you to type a, a message, I think 1,200 characters or something, mm-hmm. and it's pertaining to a bill, your position, which legislator do you want to have it go to, and they actually print those off and hand-deliver them to the person's desk on the floor of the House or Senate. Oh, wow. Very effective, yeah. and it's if you send something to their emails... A lot of times they won't get that until the end of the day. Yeah. But these are, you can sit in the gallery and watch them deliver these. Get these right away. So, no, I okay, think they're yeah. really effective. Yeah. Once again, badbills.com. Pretty, mm-hmm. pretty easy to remember. And, um, Tells you how it works. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, you've got a lot of information over there. The constitutions, Montana and U.S. is there. Montana laws are there. Um, the uh, ver- various stages of the bills are there. You can watch the sessions. Uh, and you can take some classes. There. There's uh, Legislature 101, Lobbying yeah. 101, Lobbying mm-hmm. 201. So, it's, yeah. you know, there's so you a take- lot of stuff you can do. 
All at Bad <laughs> Great Bills. Great site. All at BadBills.com. Just for Montana. A, and there's a convenient <laughs> donate uh, link. <laughs> help he, help Bad Bill Bob cre- pay the bills. All major credit cards <laughs> accepted. <laughs> no, it's been good. So, a lot of right. hits. All right, uh, Steve White, Scott Sales, thanks so much for coming in, guys. Thanks really for having appreciate us. appreciate you taking the time. It and, was fun. Uh, educate the folks, and uh, we'll have you in again before the end of the session, hopefully, and uh, yeah. we'll uh, we'll kind of check where we are before they adjourn. And Yeah, uh, and for those of that are paying the freight out there, there are some, there is some tax relief coming. Yep. Amen to that. Yep. Yeah, so we're all for that. All right. All right, that's going to wrap it up for us this week. Thanks, everybody, for uh, watching, listening, and uh, texting and (laughs) all of that. Thanks to Steve and Scott for being here. And we'll see everybody next week. Thanks for listening. I am out of here.